0: You know what I like to say? Instead of bunt cake, I like to say bundit.
1: Bundit cake?
0: Just because of that silent D. I'm like, what are you doing there? I, mean, I just want to acknowledge bunt. him. He's bunt. there. Bundit.
1: <laughs> Even without the D,
0: it's still a fun word. Just
1: bunt. Sure. Bunt cake. Bunt is a very. <laughs> you never use that in any other context. No, I mean, baseball. Bunt. But it's different, though. There's no D. There's no silent D. I mean, There's no D. It's different. Yeah, that's why I want to acknowledge the bundit. <laughs> But that makes it sound like there's an I in there, I like bundit, like pundit, <laughs> bundit, bundit, bunt. Oh, that's weird. Okay, bunt. The things you think about, Drew. Ah, uh, uh, bunt. Ah, bunt cake. Are you ready? Are you ready to record number eighty again? Oh
0: god, let's do it again. Yeah, why not? It was so much fun the first time. I
1: intentionally forgot most of what we talked about, so it was I unintentionally
0: fresh. forgot. Yeah. So,
1: great. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's do it. Oh. Welcome everybody to episode number 80 of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I am Brian Goulet. I am Drew Brown. And we are here from Goulet Pens to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we're gonna be talking about what product has surprised us the most by the community's response, uh, if it's worth trying to repair a nib yourself, we're going to be talking about if limited editions are a marketing gimmick or not, uh, what inks that we didn't like at first, but that grew on us, not literally grew on us, but you know, our, our tastes changed and we, we liked the ink, you know, that Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about my and Rachel's college majors and how they maybe influenced the starting of Goulet Pens. And we're going to be spotlighting the Punilabo pen cases, which will be fun. And uh, yeah, before we get into it, uh, this is the second recording that we've done of this because uh, we had a little oopsie last week. Thank you for saying we and not we, Drew. It was, It's a look, it's a joint effort. Drew. Mm, we, thank you. We take all the glory, we share in the glory <laughs> and we share in the... <laughs> look at this guy. Whatever the opposite Classic of glory over here. is. Yes. No, I mean, we just Hey, it happens. We've recorded thousands of videos every now and then. We have a mess up with the microphone and record an entire episode and have to scrap it. And that's exactly what happened last week. So, you know, it's all right. We live and learn. And here we are back at it again. So we should be twice as good because we've already rehearsed. I can't wait to podcast. see myself
0: twice as good. I just, I'm <laughs> It'll be pretty good. waiting it. Oh, I mean, yeah. one
1: time through is pretty good, Drew, I got to say, you know, yeah, pretty, pretty solid. Let's do it again. Pretty solid. Let's do it again. And we're going to do it again first by starting with some feedback. Yes.
0: Okay feeding back to us once again is arabelle Hotzapple, 2046 and arabelle says don't expect perfection oh she's quoting me don't expect perfection but you can expect us to care wow love that i'm going to use it next time i have an intractable problem at work thank you drew i don't remember oh it was about it was about the audio coincidentally it was a it was about a different it was about a different audio issue because we were talking about You're hitting the mic, and I was saying, well, we're not going to be perfect, but we will care. Yeah. Lo and behold, we had another issue. So We've
1: we've basically gone through every technical issue that we can find in post-production, pre-production, and what we found is that the problem is me. Or me. No. Well, I mean, the problem previously has been me with just wanting to fiddle with my mic all the time, and I touch it, and then it just throws off the audio and does weird things. So I just need to... I just need to I'm like a child who like gets in trouble in class and like just need, I need the, to I need your, to like sit right, on my hands right or something while we do this pen cast. <laughs> but it's never when it's never when you're talking. It's always when I'm talking because mm-hmm. then my hands just have a life of their own so like I have to require I have to make effort to keep my hands still. And then when I just get on a roll talking, they just, they just do all kinds of crazy things and I can't really help it, but well I'm going to try to do be better.
0: It's something more for the viewing public to enjoy as yeah. they watch the pencast. Yeah. If you're an audio listener, you miss out on all of Brian's fidgeting. So <laughs> That's right. too bad for you. Yeah. Um, but uh, Arabell appreciated my uh, quote, yeah. uh, and uh, <laughs> I will say that uh, yes, you can always expect us to care, but, but you should never expect perfection. Then, so,
1: ar- ironically enough, I, there was I, I couldn't remember what the word "intractable" meant. I know we looked it up last time we recorded. Yeah, this. I still don't I still know what, what it don't means. Remember what it actually yeah. is? So um, we really
0: did forget. Everything we talked about then. I tell you, Great. whatever
1: happened a week ago is like... Well, then
0: everybody listening knows. or watching can expect this to be totally new, even though we have done it before, <laughs> just because of our terrible brains.
1: All right. Well, the word intractable, according to whatever Google dictionary thing, I don't even know what website it references, but um, it is hard to control or deal with. So uh, yeah. That's I was, in this In this instance, uh, I am the intractable problem. So... We'll take it. We'll do our best, but anyway.
0: We'll take it. Thank you for your bell. (laughs) Also, Corwin GC says, get your kids together with walkie-talkies and go to the breaker box, talking about um, electrical home issues. Go to the breaker box and... Flip it off and find out which breakers go with which outlet, switch, et cetera, and -hmm. then update the labels in the box and each and every outlet on the breaker number. Takes an hour or two, but saves a ton of time in the dark. I love this. Okay, so what Corbin is saying, just use a walkie-talkie to communicate with somebody in the house and get it all done.
1: Talking about like the breaker panel that you have in your house and understanding which circuit flips off which because I had lost power. Recently. Kids
0: walkie-talkie. I would have never have thought That's about that. It's a good
1: that. idea. The only problem is, like, I've tried to do that. With, even just like yelling, like I've tried to do that with the kids or had them like whatever yeah. on a device, like a phone or something like yeah. that. The problem is, like, our circuits are not like one clean space. It's not like, oh, it's just the bathroom or the hallway or the whatever. I'll have like one circuit that controls the garbage disposal, the lights on the outside or the the back of the house. The ceiling
0: lights, but then the outlets are something else. Right. Like
1: literally in my kitchen, I think I have three different circuits. Yeah. Like I have a kitchen island and there's two different circuits on the two outlets that are on the island. So you have to do them all. So I'm like, I don't even know how I would write out what is on each circuit. Well, what I think what
0: Corwin <laughs> is saying is you label your outlets.
1: Label the outlets? Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't think about that. Um, and No, he said update the labels in the breaker box and each and every outlet and with the switch, switch and breaker number. number. Okay. Yeah, so
0: he's labeling the outlets wow. too. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. Um, I'll have to give this some thought. No, that's know. not
0: going to be very pretty unless you yeah, find some very or, very small Or like write it on the system.
1: back of like the, the electrical plate, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's like hidden. 'Cause I don't often need to know well, no. yeah, I guess no. I don't know. I'm thinking anyway, I like replace
0: it. whatever. Still still some good ideas there. Okay. I'll think. Um, about it. And then finally, Killian Davis says, mm. I grade quizzes in Drew's favorite subject, mathematics, <laughs> while I watch the pencast. Nice. Also, there's an episode of Teen Titans Go, because we were talking about Teen Titans last time, where they mm. straight up explain the gold standard. Fiat currency and the Federal Reserve. <laughs> wow. That show is actually incredible. Wow. It seriously is. Every every time Archer watches that I show, get into this. I have to pay attention to see like what what like weird undercurrent message are they conveying in this episode, um, and all of it's like super self-aware too. So it's That's entertaining cute. for kids. Nice, but it also kind of pokes fun at the superhero genre in general, but also mm. is you know very respectful of it in a weird That's way. cool. It's a good show. It's a really good show. I'll
1: have to check that one out. My kids have never brought that one up to me, and I've sort of had off my radar. I, don't know I if think you like can watch it on or... Hulu or HBO Go. Oh, okay. For now. They keep taking stuff
0: away out of that. Yeah. But it's still cool that you can find it two places. Not a lot of shows yeah, are like that. that's
1: cool. Okay. All right. I got some feedback here um, from KSEC. says, give it the old Goog is now entering my vernacular. Thanks, Brian. Uh, as you see, you have been known to say that already. Yeah, I've already done that in this episode, looking up the word intractable. Uh, I just like to know things. Intractably Googing. That's right. So, yeah, you, when you look something up, give it the Goog. Uh, Matthew Goldberg, 7347 says, I would argue that the best rollerball pen to use with fountain pen ink is the Pilot High Tech Point, which is basically the Pilot Precise that accepts Pilot ink cartridges. You probably just don't want to be switching between different inks too often. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Cleaning, yeah, I'd never really heard of this pen, but if you, I looked it up and it was like, oh, this is literally like the same thing as a, a Precise. Mm-hmm. It just you can take off the back of it With because the Precise Rick- is like it's like a it's sort of like the Varsity where it's like got the ink preloaded in there and mm-hmm. it's just meant to be more or less disposable. So
0: you can use Pilot cartridges,
1: That is pretty cool. And Pilot ink is pretty friendly too, so probably sure.
0: converters too. Then.
1: That is a good question.
0: If you can use cartridges, you should be able to use converters. I don't know,
1: yeah. Or refill the cartridges with whatever ink you want. Which is the better option. Yeah. Um, but there's also Iro Shizuku cartridges now. Yeah. Which steps
0: up the game quite a bit. It does. A lot of people actually mentioned this pen in the comments. Yeah. Which is why I felt compelled to add it, yeah.
1: Well, maybe. So we are just, we are just not in the loop. What's ironic is like we obviously, are an authorized pilot pilot retailer. We could sell it if we wanted to. We could. So I'm kind of surprised that this has not come up. Should we actually think about doing that? No, probably not. I mean... The worst of both worlds, right? It's funny because we're known amongst pilot as... Like the only account they have to ever return G twos because we, could we not couldn't sell G twos. No like one it's bought them. Like from the us. most popular rollerball pin in America, and we couldn't sell them because we're fountain pen people. So I don't know. Let us know what you think about the high tech point, but it's also you can get them freaking anywhere. Yeah. So it's like, what value would we would add bother? by having it? I don't know. Yeah. We don't have um, value. Yeah, not really. Um, okay, uh, and then Don. Gilkinson says, unboxing of that fabulous 007 pen begs the question, who is your favorite James Bond? And then Don says, correct answer is Sean Connery. I don't know how you feel about that. The correct answer- Sean Connery is good. Sean Connery is great. He's good.
0: Like, how can you, you- you can't not love him, but-
1: uh, A bit misogynist at times, which I know is like a sign of the times, but I'm also like- Yeah, yeah well, James still, Bond you know, is always- yeah. The, you I've, know, kind of skirting I've always, that. I'm, I've never loved that about the James Bond no, character. I don't no. love the overt misogyny. No, no I feel like it, it's
0: gotten better, but still a could bit, be better. Uh, but Sean Connery, there are some moments that are absolutely unwatchable.
1: Yeah, it's, they have not held up well. Over no, time.
0: no, those are difficult to watch. He's still an iconic, amazing Bond, and, you know, his style is fantastic. The car back then is fantastic, mm-hmm. and most of his movies are solid, but. I, uh, there's, there's
1: moments where it slips through, and you're like, "Yeah, this was. They were not working to be progressive. No, at the time. certainly they were not. Kind of I, I think
0: that. Let's see, are they saying favorite or best? My favorite. favorite. Okay, well, Great. Okay, your well, favorite. Good. My favorite. Um, I, I it's probably Daniel Craig, but I have a soft spot for um Timothy Dalton. Yeah, because I I just I like. I, I feel like
1: he didn't get a fair shake.
0: No, he didn't. He had one really good on movie him. and one really bad movie, and so. And then, of course, he was just there until they could get Pierce in and to replace me, him. So he was kind of like
1: a when, backup. When people hate on Timothy Dalton as a Bond, I feel like it's people that hate on a one-hit wonder band. Where you're like, "Oh, they're one-hit wonder." I'm like, "Well, that's still an amazing accomplishment. It like is, to yeah. be a James Bond, and like even to have like one movie where you're a great James Bond. Like that is awesome." To well, Laszlo like, just had
0: fun. one movie. Period.
1: Oh, that's true. Um, yeah. Uh,
0: that's so right. Dalton had two so i like dalton mm. a lot but i would say craig probably my favorite but of course i have a soft mm. spot for pierce too because he was he was from golden eye we grew up with golden eye was pretty iconic yeah. a
1: video game to pair with it but it's watching it back now i'm like yeah this is a little corny oh like, super corny especially yeah.
0: like golden was like the best of his movies and it's sort of like they like, all just went downhill from there
1: like when we were a kid i thought batman forever was an awesome movie oh. and i watch it now and i'm like gosh this is ridiculous it's unwatchable, it's unwatchable. Ridiculous. but as a kid i was like you know yeah it seemed pretty cool Yep. I love Jim Carrey, too. So oh, that's yeah. part of where that guy. No,
0: same. There. I yeah. love Batman. For, did you say Batman Forever? Forever, yeah. Yeah, Batman, when yeah, that yeah.
1: came out, I liked it a lot. Yeah, the, then, Jim Carrey's the Riddler in that one, yeah. right? Yeah. okay, yeah. But anyway. Yeah, because that was Who, that who's right. Your, that was, who's your, your favorite Bond? Uh, for me, it's it's Daniel, Daniel Craig, Craig, yeah. Indiana. As soon as Casino Royale came out, and he was like parkouring in the thing, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like this is... This is definitely a different, uh, you know, kind of a vibe. Yeah. I and think like, every like this is more like the grittier kind of raw nature of it. Yeah.
0: If I'm in the mood for a Bond movie, every Bond actor has at least one movie that I would consider like watching. If I'm just mm. like, oh, I want to watch a Bond film. There will be one from each actor that mm. would be in the running. Like, ooh, which one? Because I mean, they do all have their merits. But if like more often than not, if I just want to put on some Bond, I pop in Casino Royale.
1: That's a good one. Yeah. I think that's the best. That's the best one. Skyfall, too. I love Skyfall. Yeah. That's a good one, too. Oh, solid. You know what? I got a problem, though, in the Casino Royale. Oh, my. We're diverting from pens completely here. Are but... you upset
0: when they ruin the car? Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I knew I... it. That I knew it. almost ruined the movie for me. <laughs> oh, no. Because they had this gorgeous-ass- They always wrecked there. the car. Not always, but, like, they had this sweet, like, chase scene for, like, 14 seconds, mm-hmm. and then they just destroy the car. I was genuinely blabbergasted like I made an audible noise where I was just like they just destroyed it immediately and they really did
0: too that was uh, not CG they really did and they bought they actually broke a world record um, for car flips in that stunt
1: that re- they really flipped the living daylights yeah. out of that thing <laughs> it's a
0: world it's a record for most like car wow. stunts in a uh, most wow. flips in a car stunt uh, I just got you know I know thing. we're
1: on such a tangent here I have kind of a problem with Hollywood destroying sweet cars yeah for no good reason <laughs> They did it with The Rock. Do you remember that one? And the t- with Nicholas Cage. Oh, a Ferrari and, and a Sean Hummer, right? Yeah, the Ferrari. The Lamborghini. It was a Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. They just destroyed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I'm is only borrowing your Humvee. Yeah. <laughs> Fast and Furious. They destroyed the Eclipse pretty quickly right away there. They destroyed the Charger at the end. You know, they just love destroying really nice cars. And I'm like, look, it's like I get that it's dramatic. But like the hero car in movies or like... Iconic cars and then just destroying them because I'm like I know sometimes they bought a bunch of those cars and just just destroyed the Darth they like maybe. Yeah, they're gonna destroy like 14 of them yeah. for the movie and I'm like that's just really frustrating anyway maybe sometimes they destroy like. Fake Well, it's like shells of cars and stuff like that. Not, not
0: the the James Bond one though. That was a real. Not car. the Fast and
1: Furious. They really. Yeah. The James... they, I watched a YouTube. Oh God, what? A t- I know. I'm sorry. James Bond. But like, legitimately though, I know you're not as big of a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise, but they actually make performance cars out of there. They have like genuine like motorheads that are tuning up those cars and building like legit street racing cars for those movies. And yeah, they have some that they're destroying and just flipping and you know yeah. crap, but like. They're not just made to look pretty. They are like actual performance vehicles in those things. It's very legit. The James
0: Bond one, they had this thing in the floor that when, I think it was remote controlled, um, when they turned it, something in the floor just went boom, like a hydraulic
1: stamp and just like shoved
0: down on the ground that made it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they
1: The whole like movie magic behind how they do like yeah. crash scenes and stuff like that is fascinating. But I love that it was all one shot. Yeah. It didn't care. Yeah. Like you
0: just saw the whole thing. Like, oh, yeah. no. Uh, okay. Broke my heart. heart.
1: Okay. Anyway, James Bond. Yeah. New Daniel, stuff. Daniel Craig. Yeah. New stuff. Let's talk about new stuff. All right. Getting back on track with pens Woo. here. Um, First thing I got to talk about is the Sailor Cocktail Pro Gear Fountain Pen Set Tequila Limited Edition. This is
0: kind of a big deal.
1: Yeah, because they've done, gosh, they've done several different. I think this is the set third this one that I'm
0: aware is of. Third?
1: Yeah, because we it's hard because we we missed many years of Sailor releases, um, and so I don't know the full history. But we came out with, there was a set, you know, like what was it? The, oh, gosh, I'm I'm, failing, I'm gonna fail to remember the specific names, but there was a blue one that was like the tail end of, that we caught it, and then they came out with the whole set of ten that was all the past like it ten years. was uh, a Yeah, that was like we caught that one. As the annual one, but it was like the tenth one of, of the a ten year release,
0: yeah.
1: And then they had a whole set that was everything. That was a gin
0: cocktail, I think, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. And then, um, yeah, and then there was another one. Gosh, I, I really wish I could remember the names of any of these. This is where Rachel. I've I've been around Rachel too much. I don't remember anything anymore. I know. She remembers everything on my behalf. But um, but anyway, so we got this new tequila one. So we have the orange Mexican screwdriver, pink our ivory ciclamen. Which makes me think of Urban Rose, Cichlamen. Yes. Uh, purple Lavender Margarita, Turquoise Blue Margarita, and Green muckingbird. So these will be three thirty-six a piece. So actually, when we get these, we get them as an entire set. Yes. And then we have to break them up. So if you're going to buy individual pens, don't be surprised if you're limited on nib size options and availability of those, because we. We are not getting the opportunity to order individual pens of those. We're having to break up sets. So um, if you want the individual pen, get it as soon as you can, because us and other retailers are having to break up whole sets to get individual pens out of them. Um, but anyway, still pretty cool. And I'm digging the colors. Again, with Sailor, I always am just like, how do they come up with these? Or you like can just buy full sets. Of that too. Then you don't have to make any decisions about which one to get. But, you know, it's, you know, maybe not the most practical thing for everybody, but uh, still, that's what we got. Cool.
0: How about you, Drew? Um, We are going to finally have a new Lamy Joy. Not something that happens every day, Brian. It is not.
1: I remember the Joy was one of the first fountain pens I ever owned. It was in my first, I ordered like five or six pens in my first order of fountain pen things ever. What color was it? It was the black Joy, just the one that they had like at the time. Yeah. They've done a black and a white Joy, I think, and that's all that I can remember they've ever done. They did the all Joy, the all Joy. Oh, that's right. That was available. The one
0: with the that was regularly aluminum available for a while. Cap. Yeah, it was a silver that's aluminum right. cap and a black. Uh, t- it was
1: technically a- that's that's like you know a different pen, right? Than the Joy, or is it just like a variation of the? Joy? It's a. It just has
0: an aluminum cap. Yeah. So yeah, okay, all right. But I, and, I, and I want to say, the body was like more of a a matte. Kind of rubbery sort of feel. Am I wrong? To it didn't, I don't, I don't think it was ever, as shiny as. I don't
1: think I ever kept one of those. I really wish I had. I don't
0: think it was as shiny as the black and red one. Ugh. Anyway, hmm. it's been a while, so this Plenty. one is We've going been to be looking up on the old Goog. Goog it. Uh, this one is going to be a strawberry Lami Joy. So this is going to be the Ooh. same color and you oh, know mommy. plastic material as last year's strawberry and cream Safari. So strawberry available. I believe there's going to be some limited nature of this pen. It's a special edition. We have the
1: All Joy. We still do have it? currently available for sale. That's so funny. (laughs) That was like, I was looking it up and I was like, oh, (laughs) ghouliapens.com. Look at that. (laughs) Because sometimes it's like an old blog post or something. And I look at it and I'm like, nope, this
0: is currently available. Somebody was listening to us and be like, I just bought one from you. Wow.
1: Oh, gosh. It's one of these pens we've just had for so long. Yes. so yeah okay yeah so we have the regular joy the black with the red trim that's that's the one i had for forever ago yeah yeah you're right it's like i it's like a matte yeah it's just a black matte pen with the silver like a little cap there you go it looks pretty good um and the those Old are... joy i totally forgotten about this pen for a decade i've never thought
0: about this pen so that wow how much is the regular one the the red and black one
1: same thirty two dollars really
0: no, 28. Okay, that makes more sense because this one's 28. Dollars, yeah. The strawberry is 28. Right, okay. Okay, so, so the it's strawberry plastic, it's going to be the like same the, okay. price as the regular plastic one. The All Joy is still going to be a little bit more. So, yeah, 28 bucks. It's got a 1.5 nib, special edition. It'll be around for a little while, but not forever, probably. Is it so just 1.5? Just 1.5, yes.
1: Okay, because the regular one is 1.1, 1. 1, 1. 1.5, or 1.9. You can get it in either. I believe one of those. this
0: one's just 1. 1.5. That makes sense. When it's not done, on, it's when not on done our the... website as of right now, so.
1: Well, it's supposed to be up there by the time this video yeah. publishes, so then you'll see. But I think when they've done special editions in the past, like when they did the White Joy, I think it was just 1.5 as well. Go. So don't be shocked there, but these, Either n- way, these nips are easy to swap It's out. a new
0: Joy. Hooray. Um, also, Ooh. a new Kaveco Sport in Toyama Teal will be available. <sighs> this Ooh, one this at $29, good. so mine are 28 and 29 today. A lovely, lovely teal pen, and um, yeah, it's a resin pen, but it has um, it's, it's a teal pen sport so not a whole lot else to say but it is a great great color and a good companion to um some of the more recent uh uh like uh, aluminum ones and plastic ones they've come out with in the past very this looks good very it's like te- a, yeah they're it's like f- a
1: deeper it's got like more of a blue
0: yeah i think they're to it they've been green. really kind of spot on with their colors recently they've been they've been kind of nailing it yeah they've got that figured out so that's the new stuff um Also, we didn't um, talk about them this time because we talked about them in other videos, but St. DuPont has some new carbon pens, so I'll link that below. Um, These cool things from Rickshaw, the gadget um, pen pouch, those are there. That's $22. Um, And I talked too much about Butter Popcorn. That launched and sold out, so ignore that. Don't buy Butter Popcorn.
1: (laughs) Don't buy Butter Popcorn. Butter Popcorn is the worst (laughs) ink if you put it in your pen you will uh,
0: be cursed as soon as we got it and it sold out because i wouldn't shut up about it so sorry yeah, we but we, you can sign up for the the wait the list, email list yeah, and we'll let you know when it comes back because it'll be back
1: it will we just didn't have enough of it nope. for how much drew is a fan of it oops well, well all right happens. cool we good q a man all right let's do it here we go
0: we're gonna a the q Okay. And this question is so interesting, Brian. Hmm. Uh, when I did this, this was I, I prepped this two weeks ago right? from home. Okay. And I forgot to bring my company phone, which has all my Instagram stuff on it. Right. So I needed to go and find questions somewhere that wasn't Instagram. <laughs> right. So I found an old Goulet Q&A that you mm-hmm. did from 2018, 2019. Yeah. And I found some unused questions in that document.
1: Because oh, yeah. we used to like take all the questions and like put them into a google sheet or something so some of these questions yeah we have like lots of unanswered questions there we go we're we're gonna have a couple of them here today some of them are new but then a couple of them are not yeah going into like the time capsule yes this one from
0: alan happens to be an ancient question so um alan uh who is actually still a contributor so shout out to alan for sticking with us um asks what product has surprised you most by the level of community response
1: hmm That's a good question. Mm -hmm. When I think about something like this, you know, what surprises me, it's either like going to be really good or really bad. Community response
0: can mean anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think genuinely we're most surprised by things that we don't think are going to be super popular. And then it turns out they are. Mostly. Because oftentimes we're not like blindly optimistic of something that we think is going to do great and then totally falls flat. Though we have had that happen before, I was genuinely surprised by how much people didn't care about us carrying rollerballs back in the day. Um, this was a long time ago, 2014. Like
0: we you mentioned I about think, the G2s. Like G2s seems like a, of course we'll sell some G2s. Yeah, I was, Everybody genuine, likes a G2. I was
1: genuinely surprised by how much no one wanted anything to do with rollerballs on our Man. site. Now it took us years to even want to try them again. And it's not like we went crazy carrying them, but we, at the time in 2014, we were, you know, we were still experimenting and expanding and trying different things. Um, So we thought like, well, if people love, you know, the Pilot Metropolitan and the Lamy Safari Special Editions and things like that, like the G2 is like, you know, one of the most popular rollerballs in America. We're like, we'll try some of these things just for the times when, you know, fountain pens may not be the most ideal situation or you want to gift a pen from a brand you love, but it's to a, you know, friend or family member who just isn't into the fountain pen thing, you know, maybe get a rollerball that you, you know comes with a pen that you really like. And it just like really didn't sell well for us at all. So that was a genuine surprise to me. Um, And so we gave up on them for a long time. It wasn't until we hooked up with Retro 51, which we started out with fountain pens, and then we slowly tried out some roller balls. And that's really where we've kept it for the last Mm -hmm. several years. So that's been one thing that's kind of surprised me. Um, The few weeks ago when we mentioned the paper, uh stuff with the seven millimeter dot ruling right i was genuinely surprised i mean i think we got like hundreds of comments in that pencast which is weird for any pencast i mean we usually get good engagement from you all but i mean it was like way like multiples more comments than we typically get on a pencast um largely because of that one thing so we're looking at options uh, we have gotten some quotes from some of the brands that we, you know, have most ideally wanted to do. And it was like 10,000 notebook minimum type thing. Cause especially with a custom ruling like that, it's like, you got to print it on the, it's not just a different binding or a different format you're talking you're basically starting from scratch and having to do it, and it's just any any minimum quantity on papers. I think we should ridiculous
0: get it printed on stone paper so people can custom grind their nibs while <laughs> using the seven
1: millimeter. Yeah, die yeah, grid. good stone paper, which like repels fountain fountaining too. Yeah, uh, yeah, nice plasticky paper Great. that just smudges and smears mm-hmm. and also wears and everybody
0: and everybody will have a you know left or right foot oblique in oh, about that would a, such a, a terrible, week
1: that'd be such a terrible trolling like here's this ruling that you've been wanting so bad and we're gonna put it on paper that just is the worst thing that you can have for your fountain pen not all stone paper is that way yeah, we're gonna ruin all of your pen.
0: nibs you have to keep
1: buying more yeah Ooh, that's a good thought <laughs> uh no so i was surprised by that so we're still shopping options and stuff but uh message received on that one um, I'm still surprised by how popular the random ink sample is. It is by volume, like our number one selling product year after year after year after year. Now, granted, it's an inexpensive product, but still, um, you know, everybody just really enjoys it. It's like, you know, just throw it in, get, get a fun little surprise. So it continues to surprise me uh, all the time. Um, and I put on here like the esterbrook tortoise. There's certain like accessories and stuff that I feel I get surprised by more, mainly because we just don't have as much, um, like a point of reference for some of these things, you know, like the Esther book, like to go pen cup thing. That's relatively new for us. It's like, where we pick that up and we're like, I mean, it seems interesting, but I have no idea because there isn't really anything else kind of like it, you know? So it's like, it could do, could do well. It could do bad. Don't really know. Don't really have a lot of expectations. So stuff like that, I feel like tends to be more naturally surprising just because we don't have as much to go on when we estimate them. So those are some of the things that came to mind for me. I'm sure yeah. Speaking
0: more. of the uh, tortoise, the the book holder, specifically the B book holder oh, yeah. from Esther Book surprised me. Yeah. I mean, again, no, no point of reference. I had no context. I'm like, is I mean, this going to be good? I don't know. And apparently people are like, yes, I do need something to hold up my book because it doesn't yeah, do it on its own. So. Yeah,
1: because we don't carry a lot of like book no. things.
0: It makes perfect sense in retrospect. It's a very practical sure. product. Sure. So, no, well, I get it, but...
1: Well, um, in that one, too, Like there's the fountain pen nib that Esterbrook Which had. was pretty cool. And that one, we were like, okay, yeah, we can see that making sense. But the B was kind of like, well, I guess we'll try it. Like, I think the only point of reference we had was the B for the Retro 51 B pen which we knew was really popular and people so like like, we we're like okay like i guess people are pretty pretty be forward in the pen community um forward it yeah, turns out like uh, it's pretty popular
0: yeah so. um so last year we had the we started the refreshment collection of Bennu euphoria's yeah we did the uh, co- uh, cookies and cream milkshake mm-hmm. the, uh, the rainbow, slushy. rainbow slushy and the ice caramel macchiato yeah or uh, ice caramel latte yeah and the ice caramel latte outsold the other two a ton and, and yeah. i it's a nice looking pen but i did not think it was going to be so far and away the better of the three I
1: like thought th- i thought the rainbow slushy would have been the more popular i thought so one. too because yeah. that was more in line with banu
0: stuff i'm sure figured people that like banu would want something really sparkly but no like by far that ice caramel latte outsold the other two and it's still super popular when right you say now that
1: even the folks at banu that's like one of their favorite i think pens. someone told us like, that yeah in- internally they like Sam they, mentioned they, they that, all yeah. like love that pen
0: it's a good pen like i mean <laughs> I, I it was my idea to do the ice caramel latte you know so i was happy with it but sure. i still like it's brown sparkly and white like that's not i didn't think that would be a recipe for like the level of a success that it yeah, got it so
1: it's surprising in a very good way that us. one surprised me yeah. in a good way yep um credit to banu of course they i mean we came up we gave them i gave them the idea i didn't tell them what
0: to make it look like yeah um the Visconti mirage mythos really surprised me in a good way because the old mirage i was not a big fan of so they said oh new mirage i'm like ah but then held it in the hand and i was really happy with the build quality really happy with the performance they went with a bach nib which Which, i thought was a great idea they they
1: made a lot of things better about it's a great pen it is a
0: really it's the best thing I've seen come out of Visconti in a long time Mm. and they come out with some cool looking stuff but this one I guess from a more practical standpoint at a great price point like I was that one really surprised me now I don't know about but but yeah as far as um response goes community response that sold out like twice over
1: yeah and like we've made videos on individual pens and stuff and sometimes you know it's just interesting and people like you know you know so that one, yeah,
0: that one surprised me. On the not so good side, I was surprised mm. that Tibaldi didn't make as many waves mm. as I thought it was going to make. Yeah, For an Italian yeah. brand, I think the quality control is superb. I thought that the build quality is excellent. Mm. I had a lot of fun with writing with those, but they really only came out with two pens. And yeah, I guess people just didn't want to jump on that wagon. I, mean, I
1: think they had more. We only picked up to, oh maybe okay. Oh right, they had some weird some, looking ones like some that of bamboo they, pen, some of the, other ones with the little tassel were, on it. Yeah, yeah no, I'm not some, some gonna of them were kind of one. just like didn't really make sense for us. Yeah, I
0: feel like they could have been they could have been more, but yeah, some of them sometimes yeah, it just yeah, doesn't, doesn't some, work out.
1: Some brands are still kind of finding their footing. Like a, a brand like that's been around for a long time, and yeah. there's other brands too that have been around for a long time that are kind of like trying to rediscover themselves. Mm-hmm.
0: A bit. Yeah. And also, I think it just needs to be said that Retro Fifty One can at any point fall into either of these oh categories That's because a great point. how many times have we thought something was going to be excellent and nope, or how many times have we thought, nope. And it was amazing. Yeah. Like I, some of them just sold instantly. And then some were like, Oh yeah, this is going to be great. And then had them a year later. Like
1: we have less certainty about launching retro 51 pens than we do any other. brand. So crazy. Cause it's so hit or miss. It really is. Um, Though we've been on a better track record recently with some other yeah. exclusives and stuff,
0: the year everybody um, thought they were going to sh- close their doors was the wildest year for them by far. As far as like that was crazy because they were coming out with poppers like every month. It this seemed. Was, that was what like
1: three years ago or so. Or I don't remember. It was, it was a blur it was around the kind of start. Maybe I'm right before COVID hit. Yeah, um, yeah. Even that, like I would say, even like kind of in that vein, fire and dice. Like we put a lot into that design, mm-hmm. hoping and thinking that it would be popular. But because of what you're saying, like. The wild uncertainty that we have with any heavily themed, like individual retro launch, we always just sort of like cross our fingers and hope for the best. And then that one hit, and we were like, okay, okay. And then everybody's asking for the pencils too. And we were like, really? Pencils? And then we sold out pretty quickly and more, reordered more. And yep. it's like, so I was like, okay. Like the pencils did surprise me a little. I mean, it did and it didn't. I was hoping that they would be popular. It's not like everybody, you know, has it, whatever, but it's like the one pencil we've sold in the last 10 years. Um and uh yeah, so I was kind of surprised by the the pencil too.
0: For sure. Retro fifty one is a wild card. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Um and then the diplomat nexus too was surprising to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, we made a video on that. I I thought I did an okay job in that video. You but like you didn't say it was the best thing in the world. No, I try to be say exactly what it was. And it's like, you know, it's not the you know, the it's not like an entry level pen, and no. I didn't try to make it that but the video really took off. I think you did a great thumbnail for that one. And uh, it just, you know, for whatever reason, it just was really popular and and a bunch of people ended up buying it and loving it. And so that pen has like become more of a thing than I honestly thought that it would. I just thought it was interesting. So I made that video, but you know, it's kind of like you said with the Visconti, it's like, Anything that we genuinely find interesting at this point is like, okay, well, we'll just talk about it because it's like, I don't yeah. want,
0: you know, you to We want to talk about stuff that, stuff that gets us... Stuff that's interesting. Yeah, you know? something that elicits yeah. an emotional response.
1: Yeah. yeah, very cool. But I'd love to know what you all think too. Have you have noticed anything that you know, either you've observed in different, you know, social channels or whatever that has come out that like really surprised you in terms of how popular it was or unpopular or whatever. Um, Or if there's any feedback you always get, like you love some particular pen or something like that. And everybody always dogs you for it because, you know, whatever reason, I'm curious. All right, Drew, I have a question for you. Okay. From Akil, is it worth it to try to repair your nibs yourself said another way is it worth it to try to repair nibs yourself
0: um not so sure about that well i i i am sure if it's worth it to learn to repair your nibs yourself Mm. that i will say um based on whether or not you actually know how to do it will determine whether or not it's worth it to try If, Mm. if you are just saying like should i just give it a shot no um, unless it's you just want to wing it. No, just not learn unless a, if learn if it, as you go. If it's a super cheap nib, or if you are basically just going to throw it away or, or replace it. If you are either mm. saying like this thing is just borked and useless, and it's going to go in the garbage, mm. or I need to buy a new nib for it. Like, great, buy a new nib for it. But before you do sure go to town on you the got nothing nib. To lose. yeah you've got yeah. nothing to lose so if you're in a nothing to lose scenario absolutely you should give it a try like that's the how that's how most people learn mm-hmm. more often than not someone who is a nib specialist or a nib repair professional in any sort uh was not taught 100 of their craft by someone else they might have had people very few, who very few they might have had some people kind of like Give them tips and suggestions but mostly they're all self-taught and they're self-taught by just giving it a shot over and over and over again and learning you know just through time and experience mm-hmm. so yes absolutely worth it to learn and at its core a nib is very very simple it's a piece of metal with you know a slit in it um and you know a, some sort of tipping at the end usually uh so it's just a piece of metal so you really just take your fingers and move up and down two pieces of metal now that is simple, and that is really the gist of the repair um, or tuning process. But the tolerances that it has—you know—the the mm. difference between something that's scratchy and unbearable and something that's silky smooth and perfect is so, so tiny. Mm. It can be frustrating and your motions need to be so, so, so subtle sometimes. Mm. But then again, gold is different than steel, so you're going to get the feel of what to do here versus there. Nib shapes play a different role as well. Whether or not you can get it off the feed plays a role, but really ultimately it comes down to experience and Mm. the opportunities that you give yourself to give yourself that experience. But I would say definitely if you are in a position to give yourself that experience, do do that
1: Mm. i think it's kind of like cooking like i can cook okay but i'm not like a chef like i like you can give me a recipe and give me ingredients and i can make the meal but there's other people that i know who just like understand what is happening and understand Mm -hmm. All these nuances of the food and stuff like that where they can make a meal that I literally couldn't make if you even told me step by step how to do it. Yeah, I think that's you the know? difference
0: between, you know, being able to kind of like, oh, no, I've been presented with a variable that is not in these step by step instructions. I'm now I'm now lost. and can't do anything. Whereas somebody yeah. who is experienced enough is going to be say, oh, well, I don't have that. Let me sub in this or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. The difference I think between understanding and- Yeah.
1: Or like I I I'm fine doing some maintenance work like on my vehicle. You know, I can change an alternator and a battery. I can, you know, do you know, my own tire rotation even if I need to. But like I'm not gonna do my own brake work. You know, it's like to me, I'm like, yeah, I don't really know enough and even if I research it enough. I, it's got special tools that are needed. It requires some expertise and the stakes are kind of high if I do it wrong. So to me, it kind of falls into that category where it's like- I would never want to do my own breaks. I know people that do, and it's not, in theory, it's not not that complicated, but it's a lot of work and it just takes a lot of time to really understand what you're doing. Also, if you don't do it right- Yeah, if you don't want to do it right, you can have consequences. It's to me that like nib work kind of feels like in a similar vein. Yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah, okay. If you already have- I don't know, say you have like a farm vehicle and it's like you're not driving it on the road. Yeah, sure, fix your own brakes. Why not? Try. Who cares? you uh, know there's, there's a
0: tree somewhere you can run into. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but
1: it's like if you're this is like your family car and something like that and you have not really done it ever, I'm like, mm, yeah, maybe yeah, that's the kind of thing. So I I I support what you're saying. I think it's great to learn and I think it's great to learn how to adjust your nibs and like tune them. Stuff like that. Just like if you're playing a musical instrument, you know, a good musician will know how to like fine tune their instruments so that it plays, you know, to its best. But they're not necessarily going to know how to like repair and build and fix the instrument. Yeah. Just as a musician, like you usually would take it to somebody that specializes in repair and fixing and stuff like that. So I think the instrument, you know, in fountain pens, you know, I would consider them to be writing That's instruments. That's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I'm a musician in many ways. And, you know, but even like, if you play piano, you're probably not even gonna tune your own piano. You're gonna have somebody that like does that specially. So I think it comes down to how complex of your nib that it is. I will say that it's it's easier to play around with steel nibs than it is with gold nibs. If If, if that sounds weird or not, you know, gold nibs are usually more expensive. So I think people are more hesitant, but you would think like, oh, gold is like softer. So it might be easier to, you know, to bend or fix or whatever, but it's actually the opposite because gold is less, you know, it's less for forgiving, you know, it's like you have to, you have to basically like overdo all of your movements with gold. And then it kind of springs back a little bit, whereas steel kind of goes more where you put it. And it's a little more forgiving in terms of you flexing it up and back and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I know with any nib stuff that we've ever done, they always say like, start out with steel nibs, of course, especially because you're going to screw it up a yeah. lot. And then you just, you know, you want to screw up a bunch of steel nibs and not gold nibs. So, um, yeah, but it's, it's interesting, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, discourage anybody from trying but definitely make sure that you're like you know being conscious that you're you're gonna screw it up and just don't do it on anything that you wouldn't be willing to throw away but most nib people can fix pretty much anything too so even if you screw it up pretty bad nib people are pretty good all right cool
0: okay next question is from garrett and garrett says it looks like the newest marketing trick of limited editions has mm. found its way into the fountain pen world as well. What's the goal of this? Mm. Limited availability of materials and or resources? Push up the price of a given product? Tickle the collectors to keep on buying their stuff? FOMO. Make the customer feel somewhat special since he's about to acquire a rare, thus valuable thing or other?
1: Um, Yeah, kind of all of the above, yeah. I guess, potentially. <laughs> I mean... Uh, I was a little, you know, I I thought this was very interesting, Garrett, because I, in my observation, this isn't a new thing in the fountain pen world. Like, uh, we've had limited editions since I can remember, you know, I don't know. I don't know if objectively there are more of them or less of them. I would say there's definitely less of an emphasis on limited editions as like an investment now than there were when we first got yeah. into the business. I mean,
0: pilot's been doing their annual limited editions before, before started we started retail. Yeah. yeah. Well, I Mommy
1: mean, was doing special editions every year and all that kind yeah, of stuff. So before like, us, so yeah, I mean, those
0: two, the probably the most annually mm-hmm. well-known ones predate our company for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of special editions when I think limited editions, I think like numbered, you know, so many out of so many, like they're truly limited in quantity. They're only it's making like the it pilots. out of that material or a theme or whatever, and that's it, and that's all that's going to be available. Yeah, the pilots would fall into that, like the vanishing points would fall into that category. But not the Lommies. Not the Lommies. Those are more like a special color, and they make a bunch of them, but yeah. it's not around forever, you know. Um, so it depends on where you draw that line and call something, you know, limited edition. I think gener- there's no, there's no like word police in the fountain pen world, but I think generally speaking, limited edition means numbered. And numbered.
0: That's the way we see it. Numbered but
1: out of a certain
0: quantity. You could just say that they're but, limited yeah. in some sure. way.
1: Sure. Some limited, limited in whatever capacity yeah. you want to define. Um, I don't think it's anything new. I think, especially in the fountain pen world, from what I understand, because we haven't been in this industry forever, uh, it was something that became more popularized in like the 90s and early 2000s. Um, specifically, I think Mont Blanc came up with a whole bunch of limited editions um, for like collectors, you know, collectible you know, pens. Kind and of I know that, that when uh,
0: Giuseppe Aquila, you know, took yeah. over Grappa, that's when he started mm-hmm. with his dragon pen and it just kind yeah, of went from there. Exactly,
1: exactly. So I think that there definitely were, like, were some of the higher end brands that started doing limited editions more um, around that time. So I don't have a lot of, Perspective on that, other than kind of what have been told by people who've been in the industry longer, um, but you know I can definitely speak to some of the points that you that you did here. So, as in terms of like why they're made, um, it's a lot of the reasons you kind of mentioned, just like mashed together, for, or, or maybe like a few of them. Um, my experience has been that it's it's generally not a what you call it a marketing trick. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily call it a trick because I think that in, that implies deceit or trying to like. Get more money out of somebody just for the sake of getting more money out of somebody. Um, I that may or may not be the case at various levels with various things. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, you know, it, I
0: mean, I don't want to be naive. Like, I'm sure somebody has done it at some point, but
1: it's yeah. But I don't think that's that's not the overwhelming no, like motivator. Not the not the what in we've the fountain seen pen world. Yeah. Um. So my experience has been that it's not not just a money grab. Um. Even though limited edition pens are sometimes you know more expensive than similar versions of the pen. Yeah. Um if a pen's usually if a pen's in a similar material and just a different color, we find that they're often similar in price or close enough to where it's pretty justifiable. Um, you know, with you know whatever, within five percent increase or something like that. Like thinking about like the special edition safaris and all stars and stuff. They're usually the exact same price. Um but there's nuances to that. Um I think for for limited editions, Having been in this industry a little while now and knowing a lot of folks who've been in the industry for decades or maybe generations uh honestly they're just like making the same stuff every day all the time and sometimes they just need something to keep their interests and to keep them as manufacturers like motivated and excited so I see a lot of that. They're just like, okay, we gotta, we gotta do something fresh. We got to You know, they get kind of restless and they just want to, you know, creatively put, put something into a new product. Um, so I think that they, when they do that, they sometimes will make something that's, you know, maybe more risky, more speculative, something more quirky. You know, and then it may flop, you know, and then they're kind of stuck with it. So there's an element of risk, which, you know, from a whatever financial standpoint, you would say the bigger risk they take, you know, maybe they should be financially rewarded for that because if you even it out over a bunch of different pens, some are going to flop, some are going to do great, you know, so they, they should be rewarded for that. But, um, I think a lot of brands like to do special editions, limited edition, things like that, because it keeps the brand in people's minds. You know, like thinking of like Lamy, if Lamy yeah. never came out with new colors, you'd have your safaris and stuff like that. And it would just be stale. And you'd be like, okay, these are cool pens, but like, yeah, they don't come out what? with regular
0: editions. Yeah. yeah, like hardly ever
1: yeah it's kind of like a sequel to a movie in a franchise yeah, you know it's like there's it gives a breath of new life to the whole yeah. franchise right or or you know a theme park that comes out with a new ride you know gives you a reason to go back to the park and experience the whole thing all over again you know there's a pattern of anything um i think that that these limited edition type things serve that purpose even if you don't end up buying whatever the limitation thing is like the bond pen with monograppa for example very few people are actually going to buy that pen, but it's still cool to see what that pen is and does. And it gets you thinking and talking and all that kind of stuff. So it's cool even just as an observer.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah.
1: Um, so I think that, uh, you know, a lot of times the the costs for the products themselves are actually higher from the manufacturing to distribution all the way down, um, especially if it's a unique material or if there's, you know, a special model that requires more R&D. You know, going back to the bond pen again, that like bullet filling system thing, they had to develop all that. I'm sure there was tons of failed prototypes they had built in there. Lots of time. Yeah, lots those, none of, of, of that already stuff. existed anywhere. Yeah. There's, uh,
0: also, it might just be a result of them having to produce fewer of them.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, so like, if yeah, they, I mean,
0: you know, they make their money back on quantity a lot of the times. Well, there's, so.
1: yeah. So like there's, you know, if you've got any any type of business like cognizance, you know, about you, you know, there's like fixed costs involved and there's variable costs. Variable costs are like the cost of the material, the cost of, you know, shipping each pen and that kind of a thing that will float up and down depending on how many pens you have. But there's fixed costs like your research and development, like any licensing fees that you may have with a particular franchise. Oh, yeah. You know, you might have, um, you know, Uh, paying for UPCs and trademark registration and like all these behind the scenes, boring business stuff that we don't want to think about as enthusiasts, but, you know, is absolutely a part of making business happen. Um, All of these things are fixed costs and the fewer pens you have, you have fewer products to spread all those fixed costs out, you know, and and so you have to to raise the price sometimes just for that reason alone um, because they don't want to lose money on a new product like that. Um, and then let's see here the materials themselves. If you get into things like celluloid, sterling silver, special plating, special nibs, unique yeah. packaging, and special boxes and stuff like that, that all costs a lot more. Um, And so that gets built in sometimes. Um, I mentioned the licensing fees things. I mean, I remember. That's no joke. Yeah. So back way back in Goulet Pens history days before we ever sold fountain pens.
0: So when they were, when you were making Goulet Pens. I was
1: making, hand making wood pens, rollerball pens, um, and fountain pens were not even on my radar. Uh, We actually licensed pens to our alma mater. Virginia Tech, right. And I became familiar with the licensing process.
0: You did uh, um, wine stoppers too, didn't we you? We did wine with bottle stoppers VT that had the VT logo. Yeah, I remember So we those. engraved, and we had
1: yeah, we had wood pens that had the official had, school like, logo had, like, and all
0: that. Didn't you have like wood that kind of was like maroony orange?
1: So yeah, we ended up doing some of that. Yeah, we so we made well, some acrylic pens, and then we made some that were out of you know some woods that were a little more in that like color scheme. Yeah. Like it were frigging nice stuff, man. Yeah. Nobody bought them, but Mm. you know, um, but you still had to pay for licensing. Well, we had special insurance that we had to buy just to protect the trademark of the school. I think I, my numbers may be a little bit off here, but I think it was $1,700 a year just for the insurance for the trademark for the school. It didn't cover us of anything. It was protection for the school. And then, um, we had to pay them, I, I want to say it was like 17% of the total retail price we had to pay to the school for licensing, which I think is somewhat standard. I don't think that's like So you didn't have to pay crazy. anything outright other, um, than, other than the insurance? We probably, I think we had to pay like a $500, $1,000 like okay. fee up front to do it to, for the application process well, or something that like that. Yeah. So, I mean, any, I mean, if you're, if you're familiar with any, especially like college franchise or sports franchise, like you buy a lamp or a t-shirt or anything that has like an NFL or NBA or whatever logo on it, you know, you're paying a lot more for that product because it's that like official logo thing uh, because of licensing fees. So um, not all fountain pens are licensed. In fact, many aren't, but there are some and and sometimes you see those and you're like, Oh, okay. You know that that costs a lot more to do those licensing fees. And so that is a, a factor as well. Um, so, you know, I think the, the, maybe the tone, I, I inferred the tone of the questions to be maybe a bit cynical, you know, just in terms of like, you know, a bit guarded and stuff like that, which is, I think legit, because I think, I think that in most industries, it's, it probably seems like more of a money grab. In my experience, most of the extra costs of limited edition pens has been somewhat justifiable. Um, especially, you know, if it's ones that we carry, we usually, we, we don't, keep an eye on all limited editions with all brands but usually if we pick it up and it seems like an astronomically just disconnected price from what makes sense in the fountain pen world we won't we won't even bother picking it up um we at least have to kind of be able to justify ourselves as retailers to get on board with it but um you know there's lots of good reasons why something might cost a little bit more but At the end of the day, it's honestly just up to you whether you feel it's worth it or not Um, because these limited edition things, I would say don't don't buy them for speculation of flipping or an investment or anything like that. Just if you enjoy it and you get value out of it, whatever price it is, then that's a fair price and that's really what you should be thinking about.
0: You know what is just a BS cash grab? What's that? When you get food that says collector's edition packaging on it. Oh. Like, come on, am I really going to like... Oh, I got to buy these Doritos cuz it's like, like
1: Like the Rachel gets this like spring mix or whatever or Starbucks K-cups. And that, and that's fine. They're that like li- they're literally called limited edition. Right, like come on. Spring, you know, like, oh, blend look, or whatever it it's, is.
0: It's, you know, uh <laughs> I don't know uh, insert famous person here tricks cereal like collector's mm. edition. Like what, who who collects boxes of cereal? I Somebody does. I know somebody does, but come on, collector's edition. Does. Oh look, Cheetos with a Fortnite collector's edition bag. Come on, you know, collector's I, edition Cheetos bag, Fortnite.
1: The only the only collectible thing I really have from when I was a kid is I went to there was like I guess it's it was called a it was called Dixie Trading Post, but it was basically like sort it wasn't a, it was like a not a pawn shop but like a of that vibe you know, like a collector's yeah. shop. Do you remember this? It was like in our local area or whatever. Was it um, over, but they had, they had was old- Was it Virginia Center? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. you remember that? They had like old school Star Wars toys They had there. old toys and yeah. stuff like that. So I remember seeing- Wow. I remember seeing like super old like Matchbox cars and stuff like that. And I was really into whatever exotic cars when I was a kid for whatever reason. So I remember going in there and seeing like old cars in there and they were like $4 a piece when at the time they were selling for maybe like 50 cents a piece or something like it or a dollar a piece or something and i was like oh i should like collect these because that's going to be worth a lot of money someday not realizing Mm -hmm. at all how any of that worked so for a while there i was buying duplicates of all of my matchbox cars of the cars that i liked and i kept one in the package and then i played with one and i have probably i don't know 40 or 50 different cars i only bought like you G- still genuine have genuine cars? The, in the uh, they're in my attic or something. They're probably the packaging is probably destroyed because yeah. I haven't stored them properly. But I should pull those out that one. I I literally have not opened up that box probably in twenty years. Wow! So I should pull it out one day. I I can almost guarantee you I've got a Ferrari F fifty in there. Probably a McLaren F one. Probably a Ferrari Testarossa. You know, Lamborghini, Countach, like all the stereotypical, like 80s and 90s yeah. like, supercars. I've probably got all of those in like a Matchbox or Hot Wheels form.
0: I remember walking into that store one time and I saw an old Star Wars toy from the 70s and it said $4 on it. And I'm like, <gasps> and I picked it up and, be, and, it and, so and, and walked it over to the table and I put it down. I was all excited. like. <laughs> and he's like, do you know how much this is? I was like, yeah, $4. He's like, no, this is eighty-nine ninety nine. Because they just left the original price on there from the seventies, oh. because they don't want to—they don't want to stick anything new on it. Oh wow! And I just sadly walked back and put it oh, back. I was so excited. Drew. I know, little kid Drew. I know. Oh. I remember what it was. It was—I know, maybe it wasn't. I remember seeing the little blaster pistol that the scout troopers on the little bikes used. Oh yeah, cause yeah. Because they, they didn't make a, a modern like nineties version of that little gun. Oh yeah. And I wanted it so bad, hmm. but uh, yeah. Shame. And of course, those back in back in those days, the gun was just all flat black. No right. or no orange or white color. Yeah. And they just looked just looked like a legit little pistol. Yeah, it's a plastic mold, yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
1: So cool. funny. So funny. Anyway. A bit of a tangent there, but yeah, there you go. So anyway, whatever. Buy it if you like it. <laughs> all right. Uh next question. This is from R. Tyler James. Says, Was there ever an ink that you didn't like at first, but it definitely grew on you?
0: Mm. Mm. Yes. Yes, yeah. it, there was. Yeah. Um,
1: you let's got see. a few. You got a few yeah. here. You got a list. Well,
0: I've got, I've got a couple. Yeah. So overall, I will say that there were two escapades that I took myself on mm. that many of you were right along with me. I went on a pink escapade where I decided I'm going to find a pink ink that I really like. And I just wrote with a bunch of different pinks. And I did that because I never reach for pinks. I never, because I'd never really tried them. So I was not a fan of pinks, but I thought, you know what, I'm the type of person that Whatever I'm using at the time is kind of my favorite thing, so maybe I'll just use them and see what happens. Sure enough, Hope Pink by Dye Mine I fell in love with. I thought it was a great, super vibrant, kick you in the teeth pink, and I love it now, so hooray for that. I did the same thing with yellows. I went two weeks using nothing but yellows in my fountain hmm. pens, tried a bunch of different ones, Ultimately, I did discover Ferris Wheel Press Buttered Popcorn. That became my favorite. However, we didn't sell it at the time, so I didn't want to talk about it here on the Pencast. So I settled on um, Rohrer and Klingner Helianthus, which is also oh, yeah. quite excellent. Hmm. Um, so that was like my official favorite, but I just decided to bother Brian and Rachel for a long time until they said, okay, you fine, then we can carry Buttered Popcorn. So... Yellows and pinks, yes, did not like them at first. Now I have at least one in both color categories that I absolutely love. Mm. And then there were the kind of dusty pinky purples. Like uh, when I first started out, I wanted nothing but heavy saturation. Oh, yeah. I wanted just bright, vibrant colors that just popped off the paper. And I've transitioned pretty away from that. I still have a few staples, but um, I like more tone down colors these days and Mm. one of the shades that i've really fallen in love with is kind of the subdued purpley pinky uh area and robert oster really does a great job with those colors Mm. they have um thunderstorm which is a little darker um but more in the unsaturated zone uh lies cherry blossom which okay. is the lightest pink that I really really enjoy. Any lighter mm-hmm. than that, I'm kind of nice. it doesn't count cuz it's too light to see. Mm. But I love cherry blossom it has great shading. I think it's a super duper ink. And then they've got violet clouds and um uh oh what's the, the other, other one? Violet clouds and violet dreams. Okay. So mm-hmm. same ink essentially one with silver shimmer, one with gold shimmer. I love those two inks. They're a lot of fun to write with. They have sheen shimmer, and uh I think they're just dark enough in spots so you can see them just fine, but they're light enough so you get a lot of fun shading and then, um, yeah, that's pretty much it okay i I'll try anything, and eventually I'll begin to it, I think the only um I remember the first thing i first time I stepped out into like a zone I didn't already love were, were grays. When I first uh, wrote with, I think it was Noodler's Lexington Grey that first got me into it. And then I tried Mm. Diamond Graphite and loved Graphite. And then I tried Earl Grey, loved that. Tried Diamond uh, Silver Fox, I think. Um, And that I really loved. So Mm. then I realized, you know what, Drew? There's a world out there that's not just... Heavy-duty saturation.
1: Yeah, I would say I experienced something similar. Like I, like many of you, um, had somewhat of a conversion experience when I got into fountain pens. And what I found most appealing about fountain pens and ink specifically was like properties and colors that you can't get in a rollerball pen. Yeah. So I was like, forget, you know, just regular blues, blacks, you know, flat, plain colors. I want really intense colors. I want, you know, broad nibs, shading, sheening, shimmer, whatever. I was like, I want stuff that you can't get out of any other pen than a fountain pen. Um, I still am fired up by that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think I could speak broadly to like most, I don't know, call them general characteristics of pens that are similar to what you could get in a rollerball. Um, I steered away from those for quite a long time. And then I kind of came back to them. and I was like, no, there actually are a really good, you know, number of grays, for example, like diamond graphite for me, um, and Lexington gray, I had kind of the reverse. I used graphite first. Um, and part of that was we just got diamond first, mm-hmm. you know, in our company and I experienced that and I was like, oh, like I was, I was impressed because of how much it looked like graphite pencil on the page. And I was like, oh, this is actually really cool because I get a smoother, better writing experience, but it still kind of looks, you know, like pencil. And, you know, I, so I, I kind of went away and then I kind of came back to like, no, it's okay if it, if it can like overlap in some of its characteristics of other writing instruments, but I still get all the enjoyment of a fountain pen. So graphite for that was me. And then the, what I really like about Lexington Gray is the, the waterproofness of it. So graphite is probably one of my favorite grays, but then Lexington is up there as well.
0: I like Lexington. It's just, fe- it just feathers a little bit too much for me.
1: It can, it depends on what it's in and what yeah. paper and stuff like that. Um, any, any permanent ink, you know, is going to yeah. have a tendency to do that. A I just bit. don't,
0: I don't need that. So I, I, I shifted away from that. Yeah. yeah. Um, um I have, And then Earl Grey is yeah. super popular too, but I don't really ever use that. I, I should not really that one much. Everybody no. loves Earl Grey and I just haven't, hmm. I haven't inked it up.
1: All right, well I bet if you ink it up you'll probably like it. That's and then what we'll probably talk about it too much and then we'll probably settle it out. So um, I guess folks go ahead and get it now before Drew uses it because we're gonna no,
0: run. I can't make Earl Grey um, <laughs> any more popular than it is. That thing's already it's it's, it's yeah, yeah, it's good.
1: Um I had uh so I had a couple different ones. I would say um like you, I liked really intense inks. Uh and I really liked intense saturated colors like bold colors but also I really like shading which sometimes the two can be in conflict with one another which um, is why I probably like
0: Compecky so much of course. Cuz yeah. that was I mean, bold I mean, with a little shade. Yeah.
1: And there's a and that's and there's a number of Noodler's colors that can do that that can achieve both. And there's, you know, there've been a number of, of ones cuz usually the less saturated color is the more of a tendency it has to shade, especially if you're using a really wet pen. Right. Um but there are some good ones that have a little bit of both. Um but some of the ones that I kind of steered away from at first were some of like the what I would call like dusty colors But yeah. like more like the pale colors. Um yeah. Urban Poussière de Lune is one. It's like a dusty purple. Yeah. It's got really got no like outstanding properties to it, nothing crazy, but it's just, it's such a pleasing color to me. And it's really like the first color that I kind of fell in love with that was like, oh, I never, never would have like picked this color out of a lineup and said, I'm going to love this color. But just after using it a few times and just appreciating the nuances um of how the ink performs on paper i really fell in love with it and it's just that love has continued um and then kind of in that vein is like um like golden browns uh oh yeah you know like a lot of golden browns there's a number of them and some of them can get like really like yellow and kind of punchy yeah
0: the sepia tones um, tend to kind of skirt that line too
1: yeah they walk that lines and um but uh urban lead to tay so it's it's more subtle. It's more on the brown side, not as much like an intense yellow. Um, but it kind of looks like if you were to take like tea and ink it up in your pen and write with it, that's kind of what it looks like. And I really fell in love with that, especially writing on it with ivory paper. So if you're using ivory paper with tea, it just looks like something written in like the 1800s. It has this like very kind of antique kind of look to it, which I fell in love with right away. And there's a number of golden brown colors. I don't use golden browns all that much, but it was another kind of color that I was like, oh, I wouldn't probably have thought that I would have loved this so much, but I really came to enjoy them. Um, And then the one other one that I had that was really kind of out there, something I didn't anticipate was like olive greens. Oh, yeah. Like specifically alt gold green from and Klingner, And that is like, it was such a sleeper of a shader. Um, It is just one of the most intensely shading colors I've ever seen.
0: Sorry, I was looking up this thing. So I had uh, Jeremy, our data analyst. Uh um, Uh I'm going to do, I'm I'm working on an upcoming video that is based on popular inks, perhaps.
1: Okay, okay. Okay.
0: Lidete, most popular urban ink.
1: Get out of here. What? Yep. Yep. Overall?
0: Uh, I think I had him run the report for the last six months.
1: Get out of here. I
0: know, right? It surprised me too. Uh, Poseidon Loon was number, uh, was was second. But um, yeah, Lidete, man. Get out. I, th- I thought that More was More
1: than it- like Pearl Noir or yeah. Eclat? I-, I told him
0: to give me the top two of every brand.
1: Huh. Right? This Pearl Noir was up there as so this, like this number is, one for this is
0: um, Samples.
1: Oh, okay. Um, samples.
0: So, because Rachel told me that um, bottles are somewhat more skewed. Bottles because, are
1: tough because there's different sizes. Well, there's them. different
0: sizes. And if you're in stock issues, affect bottles more than they do samples. That's true. Because that's you can be true. out of stock in bottles, but you can still have some samples left. Yeah. And then you can get a restock and then mm-hmm. it's okay. So she said yeah, that's- Yeah, we can
1: ride out the, the, the sellouts. Right. So she said that now. that was
0: a better representation of what's popular.
1: Interesting. Oh, I'd be really fascinated to know because like I know Pearl Noir for many years was, you know, among the most popular colors. Well, I mean, I can look up, but, but he gave me but, bottles um, too. Um oh yeah? oh yeah. I'd be interested. Let's see. I mean, most of the time, the black ink and whatever brand is going to be among its most popular.
0: Yeah. So in bottles, but, uh yeah, in bottles, Pearl Noir was more popular, but I think we have two sizes of that.
1: I think we do. I think we have the I larger. Make, I know we've. I'm kinda of curious. Gotta give it the goog.
0: But you know, uh second to that, um Poursard de Lune and Rouge Grenat is or Grenat um is are up there. So I don't know. I can't trust bottles, but interesting. Anyway, I just thought that so it we was do have
1: two different sizes of bottles. Yeah, so
0: that that's kind of that's why you can't trust bottles. That's a little bottles. tougher. That's a little yeah. tougher. But little so tougher. so
1: with um sample-wise So yeah, overall lead l- it. Yeah, now, is that is do they count 1670 and the 1798? Is that, because that's Jacques Um, It depends. See, this is like where it gets so tough for it, mm. us to answer these types of questions. Is like, there's all these nuances of how we pull certain data and like how we choose No, the it does not things. include Jacques. Jacques, okay. Jacques is different. Because I, like, Emerald of Shepard has got to be, it's got to beat the pants I off today
0: I bet you can't guess the uh, second best one.
1: The second best.
0: Uh, Jacques Gerbon.
1: Jacques you're uh, not. You're not going
0: to. You're not going to get to.
1: Karub de Chibra. no
0: Vert Atlantide.
1: Okay, it's like a nice teal color over
0: over Rouge Hematite.
1: No, though? Vert Atlantide is like a it's like a pure like a olive green and then over Rouge Hematite. Like what? That is interesting, right? But Emerald de Chavore. Like- yeah, Vert Atlantide is the. I mean, that's newer, so that kind of makes sense. Like. Lot like still, Rich i Hematite, was, a lot of People know what that is, yeah. That is interesting,
0: I was surprised. but no, Shavor huh. beat the pants off of all of them. Like, it's not even oh, yeah, doesn't even
1: oh, yeah. Count Shavor is probably like among the top, like, it is three of all ink samples. Yeah. It's got to be
0: so, anyway. Um, stay tuned. I would, you know, if you yeah. want to know more about best selling, so interesting. So interesting, hang around for a bit.
1: Yeah, there you go. All right, well, we're curious to know, y'all, too, since we've you know been answering this question for a little bit, but let us know in the comments what. Um, some of your inks that you weren't as crazy about, but that grew on you over time. All right, Drew.
0: (gasps) Okay. Um, We're going to finally answer a question from our friend Caroline. And Mm -hmm. this is an oldie from 2019. Mm -hmm. But again, classic. I believe this is the Caroline that I'm thinking of. She still contributes. So hooray for long-term
1: pen friends. It will pay off eventually, maybe.
0: There you go. Just hang in there. Uh, (laughs) Caroline asks, oh, this is not a pen question, but I've always wondered about it. What did Brian and Rachel major in at Virginia Tech, and how did it feed into what they're doing now? Mm. Having a kid in college and having once been a kid in college who majored in something that I loved but didn't end up using directly, I have a curiosity about this topic.
1: Ooh, good good question. Um, we've talked about this fairly openly before, but it's probably been a while, um,
0: honestly. Actually, been, no, it just it's just been, been a week. A
1: little... <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> but y'all didn't hear any of that. Hey. Um, yeah, so... I don't
0: remember it anyway, so tell me again. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, obviously, Rachel and I talked a lot more about our college experience early on in this business when yeah. that's all we had was Right college, time at nine. College experience, yeah. Our right time on Tuesday at 2.22 was the first version of that because... 2.22 you know,
0: a.m.? No, p.m.
1: Oh, I was about to yeah. say, who is going to be up then? Okay. No, 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 no. I mean, I was up. Yeah, y- yeah y'all were still up. all hours and loonies. Night. Yes. Um, yeah, but anyway, okay, so... Uh, uh it's a long it's a long story and i'm not even gonna try and hide that it's gonna be a long story just buckle up because last time we said this last week (laughs) i was like i'm gonna try and make this brief and i totally didn't at all so yep you should never you should never say you're gonna try to be brief i i have never accomplished that uh when i've not on not on your own not on my own no rachel's got to cut me off Or Jen or somebody. Or somebody. Um, So it is a long story. Buckle up. And uh, so Rachel started out at another school. She was actually a music major. Um, her and I were both musicians growing up. She loved music. Um, went in as a music major, also loved computer science. So she went in sort of as a double major of both music and computer science, which she might've been the only person at her school that was that, that at the time. Um, but it was a small school that she she went to at first. Um, she was there for a semester, wasn't the right fit for her. Um, and she just decided basically she loved music, but as a career, she couldn't just really make sense of it. Um, It's tough. It's a tough gig uh, to do. So um, she actually ended up, she went to community college for the second half of her freshman year, just to, you know, knock out a bunch of core curriculum stuff, save a bunch of money. And then she transferred uh, to where we both ended up graduating, which was Virginia Tech. So state school um, out in the
0: mountains, Southwest Virginia,
1: beautiful mountains of Southwest Virginia up in Appalachia. And uh, so I went there from the get because I wanted to do the Corps of Cadets, the military program there. Um, And I did not really know what I wanted to do as my major. I don't think you were alone there. Yeah, I think it's a lot of students. They actually have a major there that's basically for people that don't know what they want to do. It is called... Lazy Bones. It's called University Studies. Oh, there we go. Which sounds made up, but it was actually my major for my freshman year. Um, I thought I was going to be an engineer because I liked math. I was good at it. I love building stuff, Um, but I... I didn't realize just how hard that was and that it's like you got to go into it and it's basically a five-year program like you really can't even graduate in four years as an engineer pretty much because like the course load is so heavy like you could theoretically do it in four years but you got to take like 18 to 20 credits every semester it's just grueling and it's hard classes um, plus lab time and all this stuff so it's very difficult. Especially especially in the core. There's a lot of cadets that did engineering because they wanted to be like pilots or whatever. So like they would do aerospace engineering or architecture or something like that. Oh, makes me tired. Just thinking about it. You, 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 you will not know anybody that works any harder than a cadet who is also doing engineering. It's ridiculous. Um, so anyway, uh, I thought I was going to do engineering and that lasted for one class. I didn't even, I wasn't even in the engineering program. I was going intending to maybe transfer into it because it's a it's a it's an there's a big engineering program at Virginia Tech um so I was thinking like oh maybe I'll try it and I so I took my core curriculum classes or I signed up for ones that were like just the core curriculum classes that engineers had to take because basically it's sort of like any other like medical program or like law program or anything like that they just want to weed out like probably a third of the class like freshman year so they just just beat you up and just abuse you with books and tests and all that kind of stuff just to weed out the people that don't have what it takes. And I was absolutely in that category. I was, was
0: going to ask. Okay. <laughs> so
1: the first class I went to was just an English class. That was the English class that's required for engineers. Cause my thought was, I'm going to take, you know, and I like had a counselor, or whatever I was, I, somebody was coaching me on that, but they were like, take the core curriculum classes for the engineering program so that If you transfer in, you're not behind, right?
0: English can't be too scary, right?
1: Oh, yeah. So I show up and they give us the syllabus. And of course, I'm coming from like, you know, high school, whatever. And I've just gone through the basic training with the cadets. So I've just already been, you know, my head was shaved. I'm in uniform. I have no personal identity whatsoever i'm just a cog in a machine you know as part of this so i just finished all that getting beat up in the basic training and i go to my first class and there's like a hundred people in the class and i'm just like what's happening and they're like yep here's a syllabus your first test is in six weeks and you have to read these like 10 books by the time that happens and you know good luck and it was just like i am not going to be able to do this like if i can't even handle the like core curriculum english class that's required for engineers like this is in the program for me so i very quickly pivoted out of that and i was like i got to find something else um but they have a pretty solid business program and i was somewhat entrepreneurial in nature so i was like okay Business probably seems like more of the avenue that I could actually do. business. So um, I still was university studies, though. And you can't just like transfer in because it's like they have the whole university. I mean, Virginia Tech is big. There's like 30,000. Oh, yeah. Massive. Big school. Um, So you to get into the college of business, I had to take a bunch of business like core curriculum classes and apply into the business program. To even to be a business major. So I went my whole freshman year taking business classes, not knowing if I would get into the program or not. Thankfully I did. So then my major was business management, uh, with a, a concentration of entrepreneurship, which seems apt right now, looking back, um, ironically enough <laughs> I transferred out of that. Um, basically like it was, it's kind of geared a little more towards corporate business. Even the entrepreneurship track, it still was fairly corporate um, and uh, was not quite what I was looking for. But then I found a program that was actually started at Virginia Tech, and it was one of two programs in the country at that time that was for residential property management, um, that was for like managing apartments and real estate and stuff like that. Um, and because of the way that it was founded at the school, it wasn't technically in the business program. It was in the, whatever I have, like, a, I have a bachelor of arts, not a bachelor of science technically, um, cause it was in that side of the school. But, um, yeah, so I, I ended up transferring into that halfway through my junior year. So I technically changed col like changed college programs within the school, like twice during my time there, I had to take extra summer school classes and everything. And I had to do an internship technically after I graduated to complete my credits because of all the late transfers and stuff. So I did a lot of extra school just because I didn't have things figured out. Oh. Um, but I still, I technically graduated six weeks after graduation happened. Whatever. Extra
0: and school just <laughs> oh, yeah, like, something in my brain. I took community
1: college classes over a couple of different winter and summer breaks, uh. you know, to make up for things, you know, because it's just, you know, it, it was hard. And I was in the core, which it was a lot of extra time. So I just, I could only take so many credits. Um, but anyway, so it all worked out. Ironically enough, Rachel, when what, she, what, what, she, trans- she transferred to Virginia did, did Tech- Did you
0: say what your degree was in? Oh. Um, That's tra- the question. The question is- I'm trying to
1: remember. Well, it was in, <laughs> it was residential property management. So like basically I, I graduated, I was a certified apartment manager and I had my realtor's license um, because it was like basically real estate gotcha. stuff. So there was a lot of business- stuff but i ultimately i ended up taking a lot of extra harder business classes than what would have been required had i just known i literally didn't know about the property management stuff because it was it was just not a widely known about program um but it was something i discovered late in my career and uh ended up changing so really glad i found it because it was a great program and actually was it was a very entrepreneurial kind of scrappy startup type of program within the school so that vibe actually worked really well for me um and then Rachel, funny enough, she transferred to Virginia Tech. Was not a music major. She was human development because she's, you know, she's got a heart for people. What is human you know, development? Human development is uh, cloning. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, it's it's it is kind of a funny sounding major, but um, it's basically like the undergraduate program that a lot of people take who want to do social work. Ah. So you know that type of stuff. So you learn a lot oh. about family and counseling and you know, you know, just human like childhood you know, programs and stuff like that. So it's like, if you want to get into maybe teaching or social work or anything like that.
0: Seems like that would be kind of a lot for her.
1: Um, she was good at it and was interested in it. But yeah, it was like very quickly, like Rachel's, she's like a super deep, like emotion person, but not like a broad, like widely. Like, she, 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 feels, can have, she feels hard and deep. for a, Yes. You know, she feeling. can have big feels. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's the kind of thing that like n- seeing where that was going to head in terms of like yeah. a career and basically like you don't, you don't, it's the kind of program like you don't graduate with that and do anything with it. You have to get your master's if you want to do anything in social work Ooh. and all that kind of stuff. So it's like really hard, really grueling, lots of extra school she was kind of just like yeah i don't know so she actually ended up transferring into the school of business Mm. as i was transferring out really so she sort of like took my spot um Uh, you know but she ended up keeping it warm for her she went business management with an hr focus instead of the entrepreneurship focus which actually is directly applied to a lot of what here because you know i ended up doing more of the scrappy startupy kind of stuff with getting the the pen thing off the ground and rachel was the one who had more of like the financial accounting and the hr cognizance and labor laws and like all that type of you know stuff that she remembered uh, from her classes, and I remember so even in the, the garage when you had one. like
0: one other dude in there, you still had the HR posters hung up on yeah. the on the exposed beams. Yep, yep. <laughs> so there was that. We, we, knew.
1: we knew we knew what was going on. I'm not sure it was OSHA compliant at that point, you know, but I think it only applies when you have a certain number of people. Anyway, whatever we have, we have general cognizance around all that stuff. So I would say like there's nothing specifically about our college experience that applied towards fountain pens or e-commerce per se. But we definitely took some like basic finance classes and some HR classes and just, you know, uh, even just like understanding, you know, business structures and, um, you know, certain certain things about finances and accounting and that type of stuff. Um, you know, we didn't remember all the details of it, but we certainly knew enough to know what we needed to research more and when to apply certain things as we were starting the business. So I think there's there's definitely things that we were able to apply and benefit from though. We both had a bit of a wandering path to get there. So I would say, don't worry too much about your own kid. They'll find their way, but you know, it's definitely helpful if you just, even if you end up transferring and trying things and do it late, like just pursue something with vigor. That's kind of my best thing. Like gusto. Yeah. What's, what was frustrating for me is seeing people that like were in school that like, didn't really know what they wanted to do at all so they just kind of did something yeah and i guess it's better it's better than not having any clue what you're doing but especially if you're know. taking on a whole bunch of debt and then I, you kind of graduate with like a philosophy degree yeah and you don't really know i'm like oh i don't really know how beneficial that is necessarily but well, like, it can
0: it can it can just nothing really, wrong with philosophy by the way no but, it's but, just, but, you know, but going into debt without a good reason knowing, is yeah. never a good idea
1: Yeah, both Rachel and I were pretty much running like the cost benefit analysis on like our time and school costs and everything. And I mean, school costs have easily doubled if not tripled since we were in school. Even it's just uh, incredible. Um, But anyway, so yeah, it was very very interesting experience. I don't regret it, but definitely is one that like as we're talking to our kids, I'm kind of like. So how about that community college, you know, because there's, do you really need to pay like 30 grand a year to have an undergraduate experience? Maybe not, I don't know. So we're talking about all that stuff with our kids. Though, what I will say is pretty cool. Literally this morning, as I was driving Joseph into school, he's taking an elective this, this semester. He's in seventh grade. He's taking an elective called Make It Your Business. And I saw the, the and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And I saw the the curriculum for the class. And it's all about like, structures of a company and profit and loss and like all these, like, wow, all these like okay. very legitimate business concepts. And so I was like, oh dude, like, okay. So I, I kind of quizzed him this morning cause he's been in it for like a month now. So I was like, so Joseph, like, uh How's that class going? Do you, How's business? Do you remember anything that's happening in this class? And he was like, oh, yeah, right now we're learning about business structures. Mm. And I was like, really? I was like, do you remember anything from the class? He's like, yeah, we learned about sole proprietor and a partnership and, you know, limited liability company and corporation. And I was what? like, really? I oh, was my. Like, I was like, okay, do you know why you would have different business structures. It's like, well, it depends on how many people are involved in the company and what kind of liability you want to be exposed to. Because if you, you know, take on debt or if you go bankrupt or something, you don't want them to take your personal assets. And I was like, well, hot dang, this kid knows more in seventh grade than I did graduating college almost. seriously, It's kind of amazing. So I'm pretty into that. I'm like, right on, man, right on. So he's, he's got Rachel's like natural acumen for school. I was a little more like I had to work for it pretty hard. Oh, to I, get like a solid some B. Some miracle
0: I even graduated.
1: <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I'm I'm not like like school is everything, but I'm also like yeah, school definitely has its place and can be helpful. But you know, you gotta you gotta you gotta nuance that with every with every kid. So I don't know. We'll see how things go. Hopefully, the kids get Rachel's genes on that and not mine because whew, school was rough. For Ar- me.
0: archers, archer's <laughs> screwed either way because. <laughs> <laughs> neither Shannon
1: do not have good genes to pull from on either no. side on that one you never know no. it could surprise you it could surprise you. you never know I hope so um anyway well that's all we got for you this week on the questions you can also email us at pencast at com. if you're an audio listener especially um send us questions and we might get to them in five years uh or you can leave some comments um love to get engagement from you all on these and uh yeah
0: if a question's good it's always good
1: absolutely it won't go bad it's like a fine wine uh, and then that's going to lead us into our hypothetical question this week because we have one. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. This is from, I cannot pronounce it,
1: Agachwasta.
0: Yes. Agachwasta. Sure. Anyway, this person, this very fun person, is giving us a hypothetical that says if you could come up with an urushi or Makie design for mm-hmm. a Namiki pen of your choice made especially for you. What would the design be? You wouldn't have to make the pen. It would just be custom made just for
1: you. So, this isn't like designing one to be sold kind of a thing. No, this custom is made for literally you. Literally one of a kind. Only a Brian Goulet. It can be pen. as weird and obscure as possible.
0: Absolutely.
1: This is a good question. It is. It this is. is. And, and we
0: did talk about it last week. And I wasn't, I, well, I'm not going to say that I was disappointed in your answer, Brian. It feels like you but just did uh i i it feels like you just feel did. like m- <laughs> i believe in you to the point where i have such faith in your creativity that <sighs> come on man i, I feel like feel- I put a little
1: too much pressure on this here <laughs> this is why I, this is why i don't have any tattoos because like <laughs> i think tattoos are cool i look at people with tattoos and i'm like yeah that would be awesome but You're like to get the mom heart when I, when I legitimately have thought about getting a tattoo i'm like you know it'd be cool barbed wire. I'm like, I don't know. Oh yeah, right. Nice tribal. Nice tribal thing. on my, you know, shoulder or something. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, yeah, I just don't know what. Like, I there's do nothing the spider, that
0: like, Do the spider web elbow. Spiderweb el- elbow is always cool. It's timeless. It's original. It's I classic. Think that's
1: like some sort of like gang symbol or something. No, like, no,
0: I, no, it's classic. We're about the Panther. I'm pretty sure. Claw and the Panther. Oh
1: gosh. Wow.
0: Everybody loves the old Panther.
1: What Mom should, Mom Heart. What I should do is get like. My fingers tattooed so that it looks like I have inky fingers yeah. all the time. <laughs> that true. could work. That yeah, would be that more would apt work. than anything else. No,
0: like, um, all right, you you can give me your old one from last week, but
1: well, it's not going to change. It's not right, like my whole right, being is. Embellish
0: it a little bit. Give me some. Give me some details.
1: All right. All right. So I'll I'll talk about what what Drew's ragging on me for now. I'm not is ragging on you. I just I'm not. I'm huh. I'm creative in a lot of ways. But I when just it comes hold to you just in such like, high regard. When Brian. it comes to just like straight up visual art. <laughs> I'm going to be honest like I'm not the I'm not the best choice for just coming up with an idea like this. All you right, you give us what you got. So, I mean, obviously if it's something custom to me, it would be like That's all that's all that matters. My own interests and stuff my like that. My opinions don't matter. Ignore me. Yes, they definitely don't. Um <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh no, for me I think I mean, I love I love craftsmanship. I love building stuff. I love woodworking. I don't know visually what this would even look like in marquetry form, but I don't know. I just, I love tools and I love building things. I feel like there could be probably some more artistic way to express it than just having like a bunch of like saws and hammers all over the thing. But there's probably a story that could be told like in, in the, cause like in Japanese culture, craftsmanship is like super strong. Like Mm -hmm. it's very valued. There's probably some story or theme or Japanese God or something around that, that is related to like building things or crafting things that would like resonate with me. I just haven't like researched it or I'm not really aware of it. So there's probably something in there that would make a lot of sense because I love, I love building stuff. I love nature, like the woods. I love being in the woods around trees, all that kind of stuff. I love the mountains. So I feel like there's a lot that's like I'm in sure the there's general some, I'm vibe sure there's of Maki some, design. So what's you? for? Want,
0: you want like a legend or some tale of...
1: I think that would give like a, give a more enriched element to this than what I would naturally just be like yeah I'll just like you know put norm abram on it with some saws and hammers oh my god you know in no. planks of wood that that's my Brian pragmatic you know, you know answer um, <laughs> uh,
0: there was that famous uh, there was a famous samurai who sometimes fought with a wooden sword i mean just just I'm just not, just, I'm not just a fighter though like i just never... a, just to really insult somebody I think it was I a mean, uh, Musashi. He like just yeah. you know whack somebody with a wooden sword, be like, "I'm that I'm that I mean, good." Yeah, okay. I don't know. That's not really woodworking. That's more just like yeah, that's hitting, more like hitting somebody with that's a stick. more fighting. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, all like, right. the well, crafting
1: the, of you know, all right, well, something relating to either like you know, it doesn't even. I mean. Woodworking is like definitely more my thing. I don't, I don't know why like
0: you didn't spend the week blacksmithing since or last or week looking up Japanese woodworking, storytelling, lore. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> that's even you, That should no, have been you know your what,
1: number one priority. You know what happened after we recorded this last week and went through and we, you know, we tried to save the audio and it was just like, it's just too much. It's too far gone. And as soon as we made the call to cut it, I was like, all right, cool. I don't have to do any extra time to prep for next week's pencast because we already did it all, and I didn't think about it because I had a lot of other stuff going on. So that's that's. Why. All right, well, let's, but no, let no, no, no. I, I, so I, I, you know, I think if there's <laughs> some story that could be told in there, but what would be cool is like have something craft related, but like the sawdust that's in the craft could be rotten. Like that would be okay. that would be pretty cool. There you go. See, that's
0: that's a nice little you detail. I mean? There we go. Yeah,
1: but I mean, yeah, there's definitely like somebody, somebody more talented and thoughtful <laughs> than I could take this very raw idea yeah. and turn it into something much more elegant and beautiful but you know to me it's sort of like the lioness and cubs pen that, you know that they so had, you want a, they story. a couple of, I mean that's that would fit the whole Yerusha okay. vibe right like sure yeah other than you know unless what else I mean what else are you going to do just like paint a circular saw on a pen like that's not no. that doesn't seem great you know it seems kind of hokey
0: that's super hokey but but you but know. you are a hokey we just established that well the
1: hokey is the I'm, i don't even know what a hokey actually is <laughs> Even have tur- gone to virginia tech but that's that's <laughs> the mascot is the hokey bird um it's basically a turkey anyway uh. and yet they sell turkey legs at the football games Damn. and they're phenomenal I'll say. I don't, ha-
0: I don't hate on some turkey legs.
1: Turkey legs are, yeah. Like straight up medieval style, yeah. like ripping, anyway. I don't mind that. Tangent, Um yeah. So, I mean, that kind of fits. Or I would just go like full tilt into my all my most obscure hobbies and put like Rubik's cubes and welding and just like, I would try and incorporate every obscure hobby I've Rubik's ever had. Rubik's cubes
0: might actually look pretty cool.
1: Or like, you know, maybe not even Rubik's cubes, but just like puzzles in general. Mm-hmm. I love puzzles of all kinds. So there's probably like puzzles, that fit more in the design vibe of a Macchiato pen that could be incorporated because, like Japanese puzzles and like wooden puzzles and things like that, puzzle boxes, that's a big thing in Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, there's probably some theming around that that could be pretty cool and mm-hmm. interesting. So, yeah. like that would be a little more, little more, you know, subtle than you know, Norm Abram. Okay. <laughs>
0: We've got some specific non-specifics here.
1: Did I do better? Did I did I do better than last time? Uh, not much. This is not it, this is not much of a difference. I will say you did not prepare before.
0: any more than you did last time. No, I did I So just, there's I that. Just a little bit. All right. All right. Well,
1: okay. Well, I'm going to stick with I'm my. I'm feeling judged right now, but you go are ahead, a little Drew. bit. You're... Go ahead. That's all well, right. here's the thing. I That's have such right. an
0: I have such an excellent response. Oh anything you say wow. is going okay. to pale in comparison. Wow. Well to, your
1: humility is um very striking in well, the situation.
0: You shouldn't be surprised because you heard it last week. So I'm ready for this. So <laughs> I, for, I for, all right. forgot I it completely. <laughs> all right, you get ready then. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You know, hold on to your butts, people. <laughs> mm,
1: yeah, okay. Oh P- yeah, oh, I remember ah, your... now. I remember yeah. now. It's not better. Oh hush. It's not better hush. at all. Okay, go ahead. Get out like, of here. No, you
0: all judge. All right. Y'all judge. You know the 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 you know Japanese lion. You know mm-hmm. with like you know, but instead of a lion, we're just Something, same same be- goofy same
1: entry. beastly. <laughs> Go ahead, quiet. Don't say you. this with a straight face. Quiet, you. Do it. I dare you. <laughs> you can't. You can't. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I almost spoil it. Go ahead. I
0: feel your look. Oh, I'm ju-
1: now. I'm judging hard. Go ahead. The same
0: beastly claws, majestic fur. The wings of an eagle, but it's a corgi with giant, you know, teeth like saber-toothed teeth. Yes, but you know, corgi beast like clawing, rotten streaks down the side of the barrel, and maybe its tail is on fire, like just blazing with Mm. abalone and something like just some majestic. Maybe standing on top of a mountain. Like all, Mm. you know, puffed out with its furry chest bundle, just (laughs) bursting forth majesty. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. And just maybe like either sunbursts behind it with Rodden or an explosion. Uh, An explosion would be good. Yeah, you, need fire. Like,
1: you need to put this into... Well, oh, like he's same. on a
0: volcano. He's on a volcano. Oh, a volcano. He's on a volcano. Of course. That's where he emerged. That's where the like that's a,
1: the is spewing out of the volcano? Some, like there, no, okay, yeah.
0: uh, kaiju. Um, ancient uh, kaiju coming out of uh, a volcano. I'm pretty mm. sure. Maybe maybe Megalodon did that. I don't know. Not Megalodon. Mm. Megalon from Godzilla versus Megalon. Of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm sure there's some kaiju that comes out of a volcano. Mm. In this case, it'll be giant corgi beast. And he's emerging. <laughs> the volcano's erupting behind him. And he's like, I'm here to crush Tokyo.
1: Wow, yeah, wow. This is dramatic. It
0: would be amazing.
1: This sounds like something that you would like generate in like an AI artwork generator. I
0: mean, it's in my head right now
1: i can I can uh, go do that, man. We See, gotta make that happen. That's
0: where my brain is. My brain is visualizing <laughs> corgi lava beasts <laughs> while yours is like, okay, well, how how do I graduate with a degree right you know, so
1: yeah, well, you know we we
0: you know, that this is why society needs both of us.
1: We, we work as a team. You can we? you can <laughs> run like, businesses and I can imagine
0: <laughs> I can imagine goofy garbage. So uh that's right. look at us go. That's right. Two sides of the same coin.
1: Knowing you, the corgi <laughs> thing is that's pretty epic. That's pretty epic. Uh, um I just I guess I don't have as as vivid an imagination corgi as you do. Beast
0: macchia, rotten, explosion, lava fountain. Right well
1: in that vein then I could go like lumberjack. There we with, go like, Paul Bunyan. You know double like. There we go. axe. Yes. With like. You Think know. of all the epic you know things that they've
0: had <laughs> on like you know the shark pen or the, the Kylan
1: dragon like something mm. epic. I don't know what animal I would choose though because you can have a, like a some random dude. It's got it would have to be like an an, what animal would represent? You don't really care about animals. My woodworking. Like I mean, animals not like, don't care about me. Animals no, no, has I mean, got it out for I'm me. I'm just
0: saying you don't. You don't seem. You're not particularly passionate about <sighs> like, like I don't know. You know, you don't seem to channel wildlife very much. You just seem to be like you know no, you're you're no. your own animal. You're out in the woods by yourself doing no, I mean, things. I, I
1: appreciate animal. I'm out there with. Animals. Right, what do you think would
0: be your spirit animal?
1: Oh boy, I don't know. Is that even a PC term? I don't know how PC that term is. Okay, what would
0: be the animal that you most identify with?
1: I genuinely don't know. Um, I often get referred to as some kind of gorilla or bull or <laughs> elephant, something <laughs> large.
2: You're not that big.
1: not graceful. Oh, gosh. Generally hairy. Um, <laughs> and probably gorilla is what I get referred to the most by my own children. <gasps> oh, no. Really, Ellie, whenever she sees a gorilla of some kind, she's like, hey, dad, that's... Uh, <laughs> You know, that kind of a thing. Not so, not subtly at all. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, mean, I got, like, really hairy arms and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Oh, I lift heavy things all the time. Oh. You know.
0: My, my family does that whenever oh. they see a banana.
1: Oh, okay. Because yeah. one time Shannon
0: said, like, I was like, I don't know. I said something about a banana and Shannon says, you're a banana. I was like, what? Why? Because you're long and dumb. <laughs>
1: That's right. Yeah, so I was, was like, like, oh, oh that before. wow. Long and dumb. So now, wow.
0: whenever... Like, Archer sees a banana. He's like, oh, look, at Dad. He's long and dumb. <sighs> so you little jerk.
1: I definitely have things like that with my kids where it's like, it was like an innocuous comment like that, but they, like, keep bringing it up to the point where I'm like, Okay, like it feels offensive now. Like it feels like I'm being attacked just because they never let it go. Mm-mm-mm. But really, i i know they're trying to be endearing. Yeah, um, that's probably what the kids don't have is. limits. Do that's they? like what the gorilla thing is yeah. for me and Ellie. That uh, happens, but anyway, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's yeah. the hypothetical. Okay. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Good one. Yeah, let's let's do that one again. <laughs> At least I didn't get asked much. my one favorite, whatever the heck, you know. I mean, I'm I did ask about an animal, but that.
0: you dodged that one effectively, so we yeah. can move on.
1: Yeah, yeah, fair enough, <laughs> fair enough. All right, cool. Um, let's uh, do our little spotlight. We got some cool little punilabos to look at, so let's do that.
0: All right, all right, Drew. <clears throat> Punilabo. Here we don't need to zoom in for this. Ah, we can just we They're got some enough. pictures we can throw. All right, on there. you take those two. I'll okay. take these two.
1: I got a penguin and I got a cat.
0: We've got more, but I have the panda and the is this the corgi? Yeah, this is the corgi. We've got a um, Shiba
1: Inu as well, but I can't tell the difference between the two in, uh, in punit lobo form.
0: Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to tell, but um all right. So what's the rundown on these things? Well you know what it's going to be a little challenging to demonstrate since we did not bring any pens with us. You
1: got one pen there. I have but one it's tiny little pen. Rico
0: that, oh you know, gosh. Okay. The I little bring,
1: I didn't even bring my backpack in here. I literally don't even have a pen on my purse. Oh person.
0: my God. Gosh. Alright, so I'll tell you how to not use it. We got so a
1: toothbrush over there we could use.
0: Basically you've got a silicone squishy Pen case with a zipper that allows you to somewhat decapitate your animal of choice. It folds back. <laughs> yeah, um, you've got this going on. And you've got this little button that you can press whoop, and pop it up. When you have a normal size pen in there, the pen will, the bunch of pens will kind of like eject and become a pen bouquet for your accessibility. If you put this in there, however, it's useless and then, oh my God! <laughs> Oops. Oops. What in the world happened? Okay, if you put a small pen in there, it'll <laughs> you fire can, it out of there. <laughs> it'll fire it right out.
1: It's like the Twisby oh. Swipe video. Um,
0: ah, there we go. It didn't bounce it. Excuse me. Excuse me, <laughs> sir. <laughs> we become oh, children when God. we play with these things. There should be so much schmutz in my pen now. They feel so good, though. Like the oh.
1: silicone on these things, it's like, it feels really good.
0: Yeah, they're solid. Um, they'll stand up either way. This, there's a little bit of an elastic band here. And I, think I it's believe for,
1: it's for an eraser. Yeah, right?
0: it can be for something else, I'm sure. We've tested it, it does not fit cartridges. And even if it did, mm. you'd have to shove like 10 of them in there. So yeah. uh, just don't worry about that. Uh, if
1: you have Yeah, it's meant it's like you have a, use it as a pencil case and you want to stick an eraser in here. That's what it's that's what it's for. Even then it's gotta be a very specifically
0: sized eraser. Huh. If you have an idea of like an alternate more fountain penny thing that these can be used for, let us know. And we'll just say that it's supposed to be for that. And um you'll get a prize. No, you won't. Um but they're really cool cases. Uh my son has the Corgi. Nice. Um he loves it.
1: My kids now, have a couple. They've got the black cat. The only unfortunate
0: ones. thing is, you know, we put uh, stickers on all of the things he brings to school if we think they are losable. Oh, yeah. This one absolutely is losable. Nothing sticks to this.
1: You can't stick it. Yeah, it's on silicone,
0: this. so like nothing will stick to it. You're right on it, right? Like a Sharpie or something? I haven't tried that, but I don't want to besmirch this regal, majestic yeah. Corgi beast. Be like Look right, at on, right on the bottom. This maybe? is what needs to be on a, on a Namiki. Look at him. The majesty. All right. Love it. You say so. Um, So, yeah. And it's easily packable. Uh, Granted, you're not going to want to put your Namikis and your fancy things in here because they're going to click and clack against each other. You could. (laughs) So you certainly could do anything. Mm
1: -hmm. But... It's, it's meant more for, you know, throw around everyday carry. type. Yeah, events. great. So
0: I would absolutely put my Kakuno in here. I would absolutely yeah. put... Twisbees. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Lamy so,
1: Safaris, that sure, type of stuff.
0: For sure. But it would be great to have your fountain pen in here with all of your other stuff. If you wanted to carry mm-hmm. around your pencils or your roller balls and anything else. Um, it's a good catch-all. As long mm-hmm. as the things you're catching are uh, of the more vertical and narrow nature.
1: Yeah. And these things are... How much are these things? 20 bucks a piece? Somewhere in there? I didn't look that remember? up.
0: Didn't look that up. What does the Goog tell us? I don't know. Make it a Goog. Um, we should know this. We should. But we have a lot of things to... Dino Labo.
1: 1999. I was that's one, not penny bad. That's one penny not off. That's not bad at all. We have... Uh, yeah, we have... How many of these different things do we have? I don't know that we carry every single version, but they just came out with a bunch of them. There's more. a lot, yeah. I know we've got 10 different versions, but I think there's even more than that. But, uh, yeah...
0: Probably. Mm. I think there's some discontinued ones, maybe.
1: Could very well be. Yeah. Anyway, but they're
0: fun little gadgets.
1: The bear is pretty cool. The brown bear. It's pretty fun. Looks like your lami bear a little bit. Oh yeah, I like him. Yeah. There you go. He's so anyway, one. if you've got these, um uh, leave some comments because, you know, it's just the kind of thing that like this 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 very much falls into the category of products that we're just like all right i have no idea how these are going to do Well, we could very well be surprised
0: we know they're fun we know we like them but uh we weren't this wasn't like a oh you really know what fountain pen people are definitely going to like these yeah so we'd I love to hear fun. if you um do enjoy them yeah and if you are uh using them for
1: fountain penny things there you go that's what we got puny labo yay and then we'll just dive into what's happening next i guess yeah We don't need need no stinking introduction. Nah, we'll just dive right
0: in. So we've got two weeks worth of what's happening. I'm going to breeze through. That's a lot of
1: happenings. It
0: is a lot of happenings. I'm just going to breeze through my week before last happenings. Um, I have a toilet that I was going to start working on. It's stupid and I hate it. I fixed half of it, but then realized the other half of it was non-fixable. I need to replace a valve and I don't want to do that. So Mm. the end. You told me I was going to have to cut the pipe. So... That's going to get delayed for a bit because I'm never going to feel like Might shutting just, off the water to the house and actually doing that. I
1: I, I know an affordable yet very curmudgeonly plumber, mm. who you may just want to call because I I'm at that point where I'm like, when yeah. I'm not putting off essential or when I'm not doing essential plumbing projects because of how unexcited i am about them i'm like i should probably just hire somebody yeah. because I'm the way never, i look i'm at never it, gonna get more motivated to do it if i'm cutting a
0: pipe that means that i've passed the point of no return like that mm-hmm. needs to be repaired that day yeah. or else you're not gonna have water until yeah. you repair that so i
1: got a, I got a very curmudgeonly non-politically dance around kind of a plumber like he'll say some things that probably like literally what i do when I when I wanted to install like new faucets in our bathroom, it was like the like, more like the waterfall type, mm. you know, and that doesn't have like the aerator or whatever, it just kind of mm. like blah, like comes yeah. out. I I was like, yeah, can you install these? You know, we've got one downstairs in our bathroom. We want them to match. And he was like, no, you're gonna hate these. These things are stupid. He's like, these are the worst types of things. And I was just like, well, I already bought them, and I'm paying you to install them. So just put it in, please. Like that's oh, that's gosh. how this guy guys. But he was he was pretty affordable, and he's good at what he does. He's just. He doesn't dance around things. So if you're if you're on board for all that, right. maybe I'll get yeah, his that,
0: that might be what I need to do. <laughs> um, also we've got uh, somebody here whose husband is a plumber. So couple
1: actually, yeah, might yeah, need to might around there. Yeah.
0: Anyway, yeah. that's dumb. Uh, my son got <laughs> sick and uh, threw up all night long. That was a miserable, miserable experience. Like literally every forty-five seconds, he had the um norovirus. Um, oh, it was forty-five awful. minutes.
1: Right, every forty-five, so 45 minutes. 45 yeah, seconds, not, was like it felt like every that forty-five seconds. sounds like he should be hospitalized. <laughs> even, even when he
0: was a newborn, we didn't stay up as much as <sighs> we did. It was rough. so so awful. Luckily, Shannon and I, uh, we mm. did, we did not catch it. But God, that was awful. Wow. And then we also got um, our three-year-old dog fixed. Um, that was expensive and annoying. That was, and we're all happened in that. one weekend. Yeah, last last weekend was stupid. So wow. we're not even. We're, okay, we're, let's we're, just
1: forget that. Yeah, that never happened. That was dumb. But, uh, How's just Hank pat- doing now, though? Is he doing okay? Hank
0: is doing all right. He's yeah. still got the inflatable donut on his head. He, oh. has, he has to wear that for, uh, they recommend, two weeks. Um,
1: is that just so he doesn't like... So I he know, doesn't lick his incisions. Lick his,
0: yeah. yeah. Okay. Or you get him irritated. Mm. Yeah, but he's good. He's a naturally very lazy dog anyway, so we're not super worried about it. But when we get Felix fixed, he's going to need to be like tied down because that thing is mm. a... Jumpin' Bean.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Last weekend, my wife went to New York with her friends to see a couple Broadway shows. So I was home alone with the child. Wow. Um, You could have been
1: home alone and lost in New York if you'd gone over there. Talk boy. Um, um, Wow. How much full circle... You need a soft boy. You need to get that. Credit card, you got it. (laughs) Um,
0: So we stayed home. Uh, I did take Archer out to um, a, uh, I guess it's a vintage toy store in Carytown, Town. Just for something to do. It was wet and miserable, but, you know, he got excited about it. Um, Took him over there. They had a bunch of old Ninja Turtle toys, like from our childhood. And one of the ones I saw was a Ninja Turtle kind of like in its pre-mutated form where it was just like a regular turtle you know
2: yeah um
0: and i remembered having one of those when i was a kid that transformed into a full-size turtle yeah yeah so i told him like that's what it was and he's like oh my gosh how much is it And i'm like i don't know it's in a glass case it's probably like i don't know 50 bucks or something because it's vintage Mm. and the guy said oh no it's only ten dollars so he's like okay i want to get it with his own money so he got it we paid he's all excited um and uh i told him i was like hey you know what that can be my gift to you you don't have to pay me back and He's like, "Oh yeah, thank you." Get in the car, wet, cold, rainy. He realizes it is not that toy. It is it was from 94. It opened up into like a Polly Pocket Mighty Max sort oh, of situation gosh. with no accessories, oh, no man. characters, just an empty playset that has no purpose. Wow. And that's a He was let down. He was cool for a little bit, but then when we got home, I guess it settled in, and he oh, lost. It. He started crying. Oh, and geez. I told him like, just throw it away. I don't even care. It's a ten dollars mistake. Whatever. It's like getting a happy meal with a dumb toy. Just throw it away. Oh. I don't even care. So he's like, okay. I was like, there you go. No, no worries. You didn't. I lost ten dollars. It's fine. Let's move on. And then he's just like, I don't want to. He starts freaking out. Goes over the trash can like I don't. And it had coffee oh, grounds man. on it. He starts freaking out even more. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Oh, so I got it out of the trash well, can, brushed off the coffee grounds. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. Do you want to find some other characters that you can play with? Yeah, I think I have some small. I'm like, okay, good, 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 good. Let's just do that. And, yeah. Wow. Well, oh, such an
1: ordeal. Oh, no good God. deed goes unpunished, right? I mean,
0: I, I get it. I, I would be disappointed, sure. too. Like, there was it's, other stuff. or part of the
1: human experience. Yeah, you know, so that just... was a
0: bit of a bummer. Um, but, uh, yeah, that happened. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that was a thing.
1: I remember that happening. Like, man, buying stuff as a kid and, like, you think – I mean, ba- especially back in the day. like, like
0: I told him the wrong thing, too. I thought it was the other thing, but yeah, it wasn't. Well, it looked like it, and it yeah, hadn't seen one since I was in fourth grade. Right, whatever. well, yeah, it happens. Yeah. It happens. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, um, rabbit holes. So uh, I have some pen friends. That, that, that,
1: could that, be, that could be an alternate name for this pen game. Man, cast. I tell you, I, I,
0: <laughs> I love my pen friends. I do. But some of y'all. Uh-oh. have told me about some things I just wish I didn't hear because it makes me too interested in them. <laughs> so we've got Brian K. over yep. here who mm-hmm. started talking to me because he's a fountain pen nerd through and through yep. within a hobbyist. Started oh, yeah. got me into the whole sh- shaving with the safety oh, razor yeah. thing. Oh, and he'll get
1: you interested in some stuff too. Oh, it, yeah. It,
0: yeah. So many of them will. Talk to somebody about um, you know, certain types of jeans. I'm like saving up for a pair of expensive jeans now for some reason. Oh, boy. Okay. The same guy uh, got me into um, boot research. So I'm like saving up for a pair of fancy red wing boots, even though they're like $350. Yeah. I'm like, I don't need that. But I'm like, I'm so interested in them now. I'm like, that sounds fascinating. Like American made boots that'll last you a long time. They hurt you for six months while you break them in. But yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> like, And then I'm shaving, ripping my face off. I'm like, oh, this will be worth it one day. <laughs> oh, gosh. And then uh, um, our friend, uh, Caitlin Swigart, who has commented here m- yeah, numerous times, yeah, yeah. spoke to her husband now. Okay. And now I'm researching third-party Transformers toys. Yes, Brian. I spent all weekend third-party Transformers toys. Okay. And I I, I feel like I'm just, I'm I'm too susceptible to these things. And I need to be, I need to be, the pattern is just me. The pattern is you you
1: being told about something and then wanting it. Yeah. That seems to be the pattern. Well,
0: here's the thing, Brian. (laughs) Ever since I was a kid, I wanted a Transformer toy that looked like they did in the cartoon. Because in the cartoon they just look like a bunch of like Seems squares logical. and rectangles all blocky together, yeah. like. Yeah. But the toys never actually looked like that. Yeah. Because I mean, they yeah. had to transform. Right. But these like knockoff transformers, they actually look like that. Oh my gosh! And I'm like, this okay. is so cool.
1: Okay.
0: And uh, the, the names are all wrong. Like instead oh, of, yeah. instead it's got
1: deviate enough from insta- the oh, trademark,
0: dude. Not you even know. deviating. Like Optimus Prime is David.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and then Megatron is Agamemnon. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, no, there, I did see one. Bumblebee was Herbie, which makes sense because he's oh, a okay. he's a bug. Okay. Um, but wow. yeah, some of them are just like ridiculous. David. Yeah, I'm, I'm like what? Um, uh, uh, I feel like Starscream was like you know uh, Lucifer. I'm like, I mean, he is a jerk, but okay, sure. <laughs> wow, that's aggressive. Uh, so yeah, I'm 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 looking at that up, and they're small. They're like that big. But they're like fifty dollars, and I'm like, why am I doing? Wow. Why? I don't stop looking, okay. but I didn't buy any because I'm. I know myself. I'm like, wait, Drew, just wait. If you really, really, yeah. really want one, you just need to wait and just reevaluate. It's a good practice. Yeah, I'm trying. Okay, I am probably gonna buy those boots though. Like, I,
1: I mean, the boots. There's a there's a more practical, yeah. like application yeah. for having boots like that. So you know, um, for all that outdooring that you like to do, all that yard work.
0: And... I, I I do like. Well, I've been. <laughs> I do like having things that I don't need to worry about. Like I okay. like buying things that I can just be like, okay, this will be fine for a good long while. Like I'm like Fair that. Enough. That's where the safety Fair razor enough. thing came into play. Yeah. Which by the way, I'm doing that every yeah every you, time you now. Keeping up with that. Not destroying my face any longer. Okay. I bought uh, BK gave me the um, handle, so that okay. was free. All right. I bought soap for ten dollars. Okay. And I bought a pack of one hundred razor blades, also for ten dollars. Wow. So that is twenty dollars I spent. That'll last me an entire year.
1: How many uses do you get out of a razor blade? Is it like one yeah. or two shaves? You could,
0: um, I, me only shaving twice a week, I could just use a new one every time if I wanted to probably. Hmm. Um, but no, I use about, I do about like four. Okay. Four per blade. That's not bad. Um, no. Um, so yeah, Especially twice a week. So right? that's yeah. super practical. I yeah. like that. I like, you know, I like the idea Makes of um, boots like that. And I also like the idea of jeans that could last me a <clears> while too. Like I've never had like a pair of really nice jeans So I've been doing some research about like, you know what? Let me buy one pair of really nice jeans and see if it makes a difference. See if they last longer. Um, But we'll see. I just just fall right down these rabbit holes. And I know I'm not alone. I know a bunch of y'all are like this. I I just need to stop talking to you.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have any. You've got so many. Things like that. I have a lot of things where I... I'm I'm now at the point where I can recognize yours
0: are way more productive. I'm like, look at well, yeah, that's true. That's (laughs) true. Actually, you create and build, and I'm just like spending money.
1: I mean, in the past, I've had less productive hobbies. Like I was really into car audio when I was in high school and college. Yeah, that's less productive. That is. I mean, no one needs to have a large subwoofer in their car. It's Mm -hmm. not necessary for anything. It's just purely fun. Um, But then, yeah, most of my, I mean, I was pretty pragmatic at 15, 16 years old. I would, I wouldn't like go to the movie theater because I'd be like, I'm just going to like pay to see a movie and then that's it. And it's over. And I have nothing to show for it. Wow. Okay. I forget most of it. So I'm going to go to Sears and walk around and look at the tools and buy a hammer. (laughs) And you know what? I'm still using that hammer that I bought when I was 15 years old. You, you, I, have a, were, I, buy, I bought a toolbox. I bought a level that fits inside the toolbox. And You like were a remarkably
0: hammer. pragmatic yeah. at, a, at a young
1: age. I mean, when Rachel and I first got married, she makes fun of me. But one of the things that I did when we first got married, we were living in an apartment at the time. Uh, I would go to estate auctions and estate sales and stuff like that. And I would look for tools and things like that, you know, old coffee cans filled with screws and nails and stuff like that i would buy them for like five bucks a pop and you know sort it all through because you'd get like a hundred bucks worth of hardware for like five bucks wow at an estate auction so i would go to do these things because i had no money and i had time i had no kids at and that And you point. wanted a
0: bunch of screws and
1: i was like these are things that i'm going to use at some point and lo and behold i still have a lot of that stuff and i've used do you still have some a coffee it. can full of screws somewhere i've sorted through a lot of it actually wow that's just impressive. i mean literally a couple of weeks ago i had all these old um so I found these, uh, it's something I got at the estate. I mean, it's literally like a, a boot box filled with nails and screws. Dang. And just like old, like rusty stuff. Oof. So I took and I soaked it all in white vinegar, which is a great way to remove rust from steel. It also Even makes you your
0: hands around. smell for a long time. Oh, vinegar is the worst. I cleaned my, clean my coffee I pot the other day the and I, I, so I, I didn't think I touched it. Yeah. But I'm washing my hands again and again and again. I'm just like. It's pretty gross. It's up somewhere. Where is it? Where is it? And, yeah yeah and my coffee pot still yeah it's not like that but i
1: got all these like like square nails like old school like Like concrete nails no like hand wrought nails like the kind that you would have from like the you know earlier 1900s and stuff like that oh my god you can you can buy like square nails they're more like rectangular instead of like round heads yeah they've got like square kind of chunky threads they're like sort of like trapezoidal shaped i thought those were all for concrete um, no no oh okay no they make them for like you know whatever but so yeah i have like a lot of those, and so I like cleaned them all up and sorted them by size and all you know stuff that I. I mean, literally a couple of weeks ago, I just went through and did that for stuff that I bought like when Rachel and I first got married, like Dang. fifteen years ago. So yeah, so I saved a lot of that stuff. So I'm, I'm overly pragmatic in that respect, but at the same time, I got plenty of hobbies that have no purpose whatsoever. Join the club. You're in good company. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. looking at you right there. Indeed. What are your obscure um, hobbies? Yes, in the comments. Oh yeah, please. Yeah, because y'all got some. Well, we, we know. We, we know. We,
0: there's at least one IRC. <laughs> Uh, mechanic out <sighs> there
1: stuff like that i look at that and i watch some youtube videos and i'm like i feel myself getting pulled in and i'm like nope we I've also got to know stop. i gotta have... stop i can't indulge in even one aspect of this other than observing we know video living like rc mechanics
0: i know a <laughs> bunch of y'all are knitters i know um mm-hmm. caitlin mentioned her she book binds just like randomly like oh yeah oh, just yep. leather
1: bound make that's my own cool. leather bound no, books like cool. it's that's wild that's cool working with leather Oh yeah, lots of leather workers. I could see that. Glass blowing. We've got
0: we've got some uh, we've got some um, some welders out there too.
1: Welding. Uh, Plenty of welding that out there. I did indulge in. I'm, I'm oh, deep yeah. in that now. Um yeah.
0: but anyway, let's Okay, keep this keep moving. moving. I just wanted to mention um uh <laughs> no pen cast next week. Yep. So this is the last opportunity I will get to say that I will be at the Baltimore Pen show. If mm-hmm. you will be there, say hi. I will be there when is and I will also say hi. Baltimore
1: Pen show's next weekend. Mar- yeah. Not this weekend. Not this
0: weekend. Next weekend. Yes, March 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th,
1: 11th. It's on the website. Somewhere around. there. Wait, no, not, no, this weekend's the... Or whatever.
0: This weekend's is the it? 5th. So that would be like the 10th or something is like it that. really?
1: No. No. It's the 28th today. 20, oh my gosh. So yeah, this weekend's the... It's March. It's March already. Almost.
0: Right now, yeah. We're yes. filming this the yes. last
1: day of fe- I was there's only twenty eight days in February. Yep. It d- didn't like fully register in my brain. Yeah. Until just now, like, so it's yeah, March so tomorrow. the Baltimore
0: show is gonna be like the tenth or anything. Anyway, I'll be there. I'm not gonna have a <laughs> I'm not gonna have a booth or anything, but I'll be walking around. Say hi, say what's up, maybe yeah. I'll have some stickers or something.
1: Are you gonna wear a loud shirt? Probably sometime?
0: not. I don't like loud shirts.
1: <laughs> okay. My turn? Yes. All right. Um, I've been busy. I've been working on development reviews. We do like annual development reviews and we gotta do pay, compensation evaluations, and Ooh. all this type of stuff. Yeah, Ooh. it is interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of extra time on that. Try to be very thoughtful around this time. Uh, so and I have a lot of direct reports. So and we're
0: gonna do um, my evaluation live on camera. So you can't say anything negative about me. Yep,
1: live flogging. Or else with you'll Drew. feel
0: real bad about it. Well, will, and everybody'll be like, "How dare you I say will, that about Drew Brown?"
1: We'll have an airing of grievances with Drew. That's a Seinfeld reference that you would understand if you watched I've the show. I've heard it because everybody makes that references. Well, and I know about the tree pole, whatever. Oh, you forgot to mention that you're watching Severance now. I did start watching after Severance after much, yes, much prodding on my part.
0: Watching that and watching Ted Lasso because, uh, oh, that's awesome. My yeah, brother I really has. Like uh,
1: I don't like sports, but Ted Lasso is awesome. You
0: know what? Sports movies are always great, though. Oh yeah, love it's sports a, movies. It's,
1: it's ripe for drama. Yeah, you know, so that makes sense. The
0: real thing's just boring.
1: Yeah, same. Um, okay. I mean, it's not boring. I mean, it's exciting, but whatever.
0: It does not keep my attention.
1: Okay. Um, so yeah, spending a lot of time on there, blah, blah, blah. That's kind of boring for y'all, but, um, I've been cutting down more trees. (gasps) What? Yeah. Super exciting. Um, had some interesting experiences. They're like, you know, they're like, they're like, uh. Nothing
0: dangerous, I hope. Nothing harrowing.
1: nothing harrowing. Nothing unsafe. He said with a question mark in his brain. I want to say, like. Driving a car is dangerous, like car accidents happen. Like So, like, you, you know, that card. it is an activity that has an element of danger to it. Oh, sure. So I take more safety precautions to mitigate the danger. But I'm I'm always conscious that, like, working with trees is dangerous.
0: You really do. I remember you showed me a video one time, and you are wearing, like, a full safety orange, oh, yeah. like, jumpsuit.
1: I wear boots, steel toe boots, like, high boots. And you're
0: out there by yourself. Like, no, Chainsaw you're not in any shafts. danger of being, like... Mistaken for anybody, but you're you take oh, no 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 you take caution no. as though sure that's impressive yeah
1: well I mean like the they don't have to be orange it could be any color but oh, you know still. I wear chainsaw chaps which is like they make them out of a special material it's like a fiberglass like weave inside the the pants what? so that if your chainsaw chain hits your legs the the fiberglass like gets all caught up in the chain and it gums it up and stops it up so there's like special chainsaw gear you wear. You know, for that purpose, because if the wow. if the chainsaw kicks back or does something crazy, you know, you won't cut off your leg. So that's why you that's why you wear that type of gear. I never do that. that. I wear I stick? always wear a helmet now when I'm in the woods because I've had some close calls. Because even when you're felling a tree, even if the tree, even if there's not like those branches and stuff, just the tree falling can hit other trees and break branches. There can be vines that can pull things. Yeah. And let me tell you, a stick of pretty much any size falling from like eighty or ninety feet in the air hurts it hurts a lot. So I've had, uh, had some, some close calls in the past. You so I always things wear fall on. You. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's happening. So you, there's a lot you have to be conscious of and thinking about. So I try to take pictures and shoot some video of things as I do them, but it's always secondary to, you know, making sure that I'm safe and stuff like that. So, um, I've fallen, a bu- I have a bunch of old pines that are like dying. And so I'm felling them just to make room for the newer, younger trees to grow up and all that kind of stuff. So, I've had some interesting ones. Um, I have, you know, I got a picture of a pile here that's like probably six feet tall by, at this point, 10 feet deep of just logs from the trees. Not even the branches. That's a whole other thing. But I have like three piles like this size. What are you going to do logs. with all that? Rachel has been asking me the same thing. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh <laughs> I'm like, well, what I'm doing about it? You're watching it happen. I'm I'm making a pile. I'm making a pile, and I don't know when it's gonna
0: happen. Probably move it to another location. I
1: might. Yeah. I mean, so having logs like that can be handy if you have like really muddy sections of like you know parts you're trying to cross. You can lay logs down, you know, and like make like little road bridges type things. But I'm like, I could make like an entire like racetrack now with logs. Um, Anyway, and then you know I've been taking some trees down and stuff. But the crazy thing is, these trees like they'll fall, but a lot of times there's so many other trees they just get hung up on stuff so i had this one i mentioned i fell it across my driveway which is a very efficient way to do it by the way so like if i've got trees a lot of trees are right along my driveway i got a paved driveway thankfully and if i drop the tree in the driveway oh yeah good job drew um and so if i drop the tree there i can like cut the tree up and i can move all the logs and do all that very easily whereas if i drop it the other direction into the woods now i'm navigating uncertain terrain and i can't really get any like equipment or any of that kind of stuff. And it's so much harder to haul it out. Also, so it's like you're dropping everything into the driveway
0: you've got, you know, about, you know, 20 or 30 feet where nothing is getting knocked down or anything. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like exactly. You're, mi- it, you're minimizing. If I drop it across the driveway, there's no trees so it can get momentum. And then when it hits other trees, It can sometimes you know break through and then actually go onto the ground but this one i have here is interesting i timed it perfectly where rachel needed to go and bring joseph somewhere so i i i'm always conscious of what's happening in the driveway when i do this of course and i put cones up and all that but just the timing of it i dropped the tree and i thought it had the momentum to fall all the way down but it just got completely hung up in the tree that was across the driveway Mm. to the point where the momentum from it actually snapped off the top of the tree that I dropped and dropped it onto the driveway, completely blocking it. So it's like a 20 foot huge chunk there. And then I had this other massive, like probably what was left of it was maybe 60 feet tall draped completely across the driveway. And I was like, well, I got to get like that out the dri- of the way on the, on, no, right here. This, okay. Like, this oh, is so over the driveway. So like the stump is, is still attached to the stump and the thing is hanging above the driveway mm. where like at any moment it could just like fall That's down. That's what we call so I'm precarious. Like, yeah. So I'm like, well, Rachel, you're definitely not driving under this. So I was like, okay. Uh. And I, as soon as the thing got hung up, I was like, Crap, what time is it? I was like, oh, Rachel needs to bring Joseph somewhere in like 10 minutes. And I was like, all right, let me get working on this. So I was like, in the process of moving that out of there. Oh, man. And, and, but basically, in order to get rid of that, what you have to do is you have to, you have to bucket down and cut like four feet off at the bottom. Bucket down? Yeah, you bucket. Bucket. B U C K. Yeah, bucket. Okay. Into what are called cants. A cant is a small portion of log. Bucket down into cant. And you bucket, bucket down into cants, Uh huh. Yep. And then you, (laughs) uh, (laughs) you, Um, you basically are like dropping off small chunks of the tree to hopefully either like shake it loose so it drops down completely. You fringe the the gimbals. That's right. Exactly. You get it. Yeah. Um, Or you you cut it down enough to where then I've got room to like then pull it back and pull it out so then it drops out. So I was in the process of doing all that. And it was cool because Rachel usually is just like, whatever, Brian's doing his thing. And I show her pictures and she's like, that sounds insane. you know. But this is the first time she'd like sat there and watched me as I was doing it. And she was like, yeah, I hope you're being safe out there. Oh, God. Like, that seems kind of crazy. You know, whatever. Um and then <laughs> I had another one where I, I dropped a tree and there was another tree that had like kind of a wide branch like this, mm-hmm. a small beech tree. And I dropped this huge pine and it just I timed it like not on purpose but it just went right into the split of the tree and it just like sheared off this huge trunk, and just like split this other tree in half and i was Is like it, whoop. i was like i don't know if that tree's gonna make it now because <laughs> it's like it's got this huge so now like, now it's targeted strip. it's
0: targeted for deletion now yeah i'm
1: keeping an eye on it but uh-huh. we'll see how it goes but just you know it keeps things interesting you're um, like
0: you um, yeah. next
1: but then i've been putting my woodworking to some actual like Useful, practical, beneficial to the world. Um, So I'll have a picture here with some interesting backgrounds that I've created for photography. So I basically have taken locally filled, artisanally crafted um, logs. So I've got one here on the left side. This is red oak. The one in the middle. This is a spalted maple.
0: That spalted maple looks cool. Spalted maple
1: is crazy looking. And then I've got cherry on the right side, mm. there, um, which is nice and I rich, like rich color. Um, so these are just I had slabs of these and I like resawed them into like maybe quarter inch thick, you know, half inch thick pieces. And then I, I what I do is I take one log and I slice it, you know, just like you would slice cheese, right? Mm-hmm. And then because you've got the grain pattern in there, and you can definitely see it with the maple, um, it's all the same log. And then I do what's called book matching. So basically you slice it and then you open it up like a book. And then whatever grain is at the edge will like be more continuous. So that's called book matching. So how do you yeah, slice open wood happens. like a book? Well, you slice it. So like I take a piece of wood, say it's two inches thick, right? And you know, I run it on a bandsaw, you know, and I slice off like, say a quarter inch thick of it, or a half inch thick or something like that. So then I'm I'm literally just like slicing it. Just like you would have like a meat deli slicer. Yeah. You know, you're running it through and you're slicing it off. Right. So what you have is you, you know, you're basically taking off like whatever the the, the end of it and then you open it up. So if say if it, say if it's eight or ten inches wide, it then becomes twenty inches wide, right? You're not you're not understanding. No what idea you're what you're talking here? about. No. I wish, I, I, wish, I, wish I had a better visual aid. So like pretend my hand's are the wood. You're cutting it, uh-huh. and then as soon as you make the cut, you just go. So like you that. just cut it in half. You cut it in half, but then you, you open it up so that the ed, the same edge, you know, whereas if you cut it in half and then you laid it like that, the grain wouldn't be continuous. Oh, OK. So you, you cut it in half and then you open it up so that the edge, the grain is continuous. And you just glue it together? And then you glue the edges. Yeah. Well, this, I did like a plywood backing. So I'm gluing it, you know, because I cut it pretty thin oh. and I did plywood backing. So oh, yeah. Yeah. okay. But it allows it to like the red oak here. So it allows it to have like a more continuous grain. Anyway, this is all boring for everybody. But um, anyway, so you'll see some new uh, wood like backgrounds in some of our photos and stuff. So photographers have been having a blast doing that. And they're like, oh, we'd love some more other small pieces of wood that we oh, can like prop sure pens up against and all that. So and I was much. like, okay. More wood? Yeah, i will do that. Um... <laughs> And then the most notable thing, this is all that I did. Well, I mean, do another woodworking, tree cutting and stuff like that. All that I did last week. But the most notable thing that I had happened since the last recording we did um, is I was a chaperone on my daughter's fifth fifth grade field trip. Oh my. That was an experience. Where'd you go? Uh, We went to the Science Museum of Virginia. Uh, It was an absolute blast. Yeah. I love the Science Museum. And it's like... How How long had it been
0: since you've been there?
1: It has... Well, so I remember I took the kids there for like a New Year's, a noontime New Year's. Oh, Eve I remember thing, that. Like I hated five that five years ago. Oh, I hated that, and it was kind of madness. But I mean, it I was not, absolutely insane. It was crazy, and so we they didn't dropped really, all the bouncy balls. Yeah, and yeah,
0: yeah. Did your kids get any of them? Because Archer didn't, and he flipped out.
1: No, no, no. We were like up on the up on
0: the second. Oh, level we were or down there, and he like wanted
1: one so bad, and they bounced uh, it And
0: only the kids in the front got them. So it's yeah, like, what is the point? Sorry. Why would they do this? They're just like yeah, guaranteeing yeah. that hundred <laughs> children. Get upset, yeah, and their parents are then Sounds left awesome. with a kid that didn't get a bouncy ball, yeah, because all the kids in the front are just walking around with piles of bouncy balls. I'm sorry, oh, I'm oh, So stupid.
1: somebody's bitter. Um, I didn't even know that they you got to keep the bouncy balls. Anyway, yeah. Um. So anyway, basically, some the science kids. museum. It's it's like it's meant as like a hands on way for kids to get to experience science, yeah, things. So, but they had some they had some pretty. I remember going there as a kid and I thought it was amazing. Oh yeah, and I loved it. And I remember getting like space ice cream like dehydrated mm-hmm. ice cream uh, like all yep. that crap yep. um that globe that like bliss. floated in the air yeah, yeah yeah and you'd like touch the static ball and make oh, your yeah. hair stand up and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff um but none of that's there now no i mean it's updated but it's there's some cool stuff there did you, like, get, to, did you get to did you get that's oh, what i did some stuff did you do the, the uh robot air hockey thing I, yes and so they have this well i didn't get to play because oh, there was like okay. a lot So my experience there, I was like, oh my gosh, everything here is so cool. I want to play with it all. But I was like, I, so my chaperone group, I had five kids to watch. My daughter and a couple of friends and a couple of kids I didn't know. Um, And it was, you know, it was an interesting mix of kids. Um, But my whole time I was just like, I can't lose any kids. I can't lose any kids. Because like, I don't even have a map of the place. Like I have my memory of what this place was like. There's kids running around everywhere. And like we at least, at least... You know my daughter's school had the cognizance to like they told everybody to wear the same color shirt that's good so i was like okay at least i can narrow that down but it's like i just met some of these kids that morning and now i've got to like not lose them in this public place and so i'm like the whole time i'm pretty paranoid like all i have to do is just like don't lose the kids don't lose the kids but also like i'm trying to like involve them and help them have fun and make sure that they're all feeling included and all that kind of stuff so it was i did that and it was a couple hours and afterwards i was like oh my gosh, how do teachers do this? This is very stressful. Like I would rather do taxes all day than do this. I would rather get punched. I mean, it was a blast. I had a lot of fun, but it was pretty stressful. Just like the responsibility of all those kids and all that kind of stuff. But they had a blast. And it was very endearing because I think like, you know, Ellie, she's like really an independent kid, but she has these moments where like she doesn't want to say that she wants me to like do stuff or wants me to be involved in things. And she like, she's snarky with me and a lot. She's more like snuggly and stuff with her mom, but with me now, she like gives me a hard time. That's kind of like more the way she expresses her love. Right. Um, but you know, when she kind of first, and this is like, I've got so much going on right now too. It's like, how am I going to take a day to go do a chaperone thing? But you know, it was like she in in as much as she would, she really hinted that she wanted me to do it. And I was like, you know, I was like, she's in fifth grade. Like, this is probably going to be the last time that there's going to be a field trip that I can really do, like, with my kids. And probably the last
0: one she's going to hint that she wants you at. Yeah, like,
1: that's probably not going to happen again. So I was like, I've just got to make it work. Yeah. And so it was, it ended up being just a great experience. Like, a very bonding thing that we got to have. And it was cool to see her, like, in her element with her kids. And, you know, because I don't, you know, your kids get to a certain age and you're like, I don't know how they act around other kids. You could be a kids. terrible
0: human at school for all I know. Yeah. yeah. Cuz she
1: gets like the clean desk award and stuff like that at school and I'm like, really? Cuz like, this uh, living room is full of socks. <laughs> you know, it's selective that kind of thing. But, you know, it, um,
0: did she do the thing where you get to race the little red line that represents Yeah, so they have like She's super competitive. I'm like, she's very competitive. did she just do that forever without refusing no, to She was great. Submit. She wasn't
1: like, no, she was really really good. You know, she like there were other, I mean, they had a lot of cool things. So like some of the cool stuff that they had there, they had a robot air hockey machine. Mm-hmm. So like an AI sort of powered thing that you could play and nobody could beat it. Like nobody could even score on this robot. It was kind of crazy. I've seen
0: it done once. Yeah.
1: And I wanted to do it so bad, but there was, there was a You wouldn't line. give
0: up either. You wouldn't stop. You'd have, like, I'm going to beat this robot. I have
1: drawn blood All those kids. on myself and my opponent <laughs> during air hockey games. I
0: get Aggressive. Oh, I know. I've played their air hockey, hockey. against yeah. you. Yeah. Like the, 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 I, the thing yeah. just went off the table like more than it scored.
1: Yeah. And I have really long arms. So I can really uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, I didn't get to do it though. And it was just like probably for the best. Yeah. There was so much to do. It was like we had to like really kind of book it through yeah. there and get a chance to do stuff. So anyway, um, that was really cool. They had this, the whole like light exposition type thing just learning about lasers and different forms of light and stuff like that and they literally had this like room that was dark with fake fog and stuff like that with lasers to like straight up mission impossible style oh wow and you had to try to like crawl your way through the lasers without like if you broke the laser then the red light would go off and that kind of thing so you had to like try to get through this room that's cool straight up like you know that kind of thing that was super cool um they had all kinds of other things that were like musical instrument related or they had this one crazy thing where you would stand on this platform and it would measure your height and then you had to try to get into as small of a ball as you could and it would tell you like what size container that you could fit in the kids had a blast with that um one kid was like a dog crate another one was like a golf equipment bag oh wow <laughs> yeah i forget what ellie was she's you know she's got my build so she was in a so petite, larger, you know, structure. I forget what it was, <laughs> but uh the kids had a blast with that, and they had a giant hamster wheel, like a human-powered hamster oh wheel. Oh my thing. god, my kids—they love our hamster, and they had. I need to a, go
0: back. A, a they blast. didn't have any of that when I last it's went. It's super
1: cool. Like, I would legitimately go back with my kids and oh, do dang. it again because it's—it was really fun. It was really fun. Um, and then <laughs> one of my proud like dad moments was they had this machine where you could see how many pounds you could bench. Press. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I was going to like not make it a big deal, but they, they basically like you lean your back against the wood and you push these bars out mm-hmm. and it tells you how many pounds of pressure that you can do. And Ellie did it. And she was like, you know, it tracks like the different, whatever, whatever kids did it previously. It doesn't track your name or anything. And she did it. And she was like top for the day or whatever. It was like, a, she, she pressed like 124 pounds or something. This girl is strong. Um, and then she was like, daddy, you do it. And I was like, all right, let's do it. it Three hundred and sixty-seven pounds. Nice. <laughs> and so I skewed like all the rest <laughs> of the readings for the day. You was like, ruined it. All right. Okay. There we go. That's funny. So that was kind of fun. So yeah, you know, just for me, it was just like super memorable to just spend that time with my daughter and just get to see her like in her element. in yeah. School. It was like I don't know. That was really rewarding. So I'm really glad I did that.
0: Was she as bossy as she is with Joseph, or did she kind of? Was she a little bit more? No, memorable?
1: she was great. I think it's, yeah. you know, cause it's like she, yeah, she bosses her older brother around quite yeah. a bit. He's so compliant and yeah. so good. Um, you know, so she's a strong personality, but she was, she was good. She was, you know, she had leadership, you know, qualities to her, but she was very, inclu- <laughs> she was very inclusive with all her friends. And I was like, okay, I see why all our teachers. That's when your bossy and the so nice much. about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, she just she was just in her element. And I was like, this is really cool to see, like. I felt like I got to be like a casual observer to That's her fun. in that environment, um, yeah, you know, which was pretty neat. That's always good cool for
0: me too, because Archer's an yeah. only child, so I never get to observe him, right? Like peers. playing with, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah.
1: it's pretty neat. I value that, and I got. But another highlight for me like sitting on the bus with a kid I had to sit next to like a random kid I, like we rode a school bus over there and I was like I have not sat on a school bus in 20 years or more maybe that was an experience um, I don't fit well in the seats it's kind of like riding in an airplane but um, we totally the kids were like trying to get the trucks to honk oh yeah the, and they totally did oh and, something's yeah, never changed yeah I was like wow yeah I just I remember all the classic oh, yeah. Things. so anyway I've gone on too much but it was a blast All right, I've got a couple of quick Omni updates and then uh, we'll wrap this sucker up. All right, well, as you already mentioned, we're not gonna be doing a pencast next week scheduled, uh, but we'll be back the following week. Um, We do have a video that we published Last week on the Jinhao X159 with the big number eight size nib. Um, we are planning, I'm not sure if we're going to publish it this week, maybe next week, but we're going to have a video on the best pens for high maintenance inks, which Drew is. That's
0: done. a super common question that I get. So yeah. Hopefully be, this will help.
1: It's going to be a good one. Yeah. And then we got, we have several other videos. We have videos planned basically through April. So we've got a bunch in the wings and they'll be coming out. But yep, that is all happening. And we'll wrap this thing up. Well, we want to thank all of you for watching. So please leave us some feedback in the comments or shoot us an email. Let us know how we're doing. Ask us some questions so that we can answer them on the show at some point between now and five years from now. Um, check out gulaypens.com for fountain pens, ink, paper, all that good stuff. puni cases. cases. Um, subscribe to YouTube, whatever, Instagram, all that stuff. And uh, I have a random fun fact, Drew. Bring it. You ready? Yes. It comes from the same Smithsonian article that I found about the forks.
0: Fantastic.
1: Okay. I want to hear it. This is another uh, another dining related thing. Let's do it. Um, so, Apparently, eating on a bare table was once something only a peasant would do. Like a like a grizzly, ta- a tableclothless table. Oh, b a r e. Oh man. So medieval diners would be horrified at our casual attitude towards table linens today. Mm. For knights and their ladies, good linen was a sign of good breeding. I don't know how that association was made, but I'm sure it made sense at the time in Probably some not. way. If you could afford it, and maybe even if you couldn't, the table would be covered by a white tablecloth pleated for a little extra oomph. A covered cloth was thought to impair the, sorry, a colored cloth was thought to impair the appetite. Um, The exception to the white only rule was that in rural areas, the top cloth might be woven with colorful stripes, plaid, or checks. Uh, diners sat along one side of the table and the tablecloth hung to the floor on that side. So like tablecloth draped over your legs kind of a thing um, so that it would protect guests from the drafts that would come through of their mm. inevitably drafty homes and keep the animals from walking on their feet because apparently there were animals just walking around, which you have animals walking around your house. You could oh, probably yes. drape some tablecloths. Oh, on yes. your I feet. Oh, will, I
0: will say that uh, 50% <laughs> of the adults in my home... Decide that it's okay to sometimes feed said animals from the table. Oh. The other 50% are very opposed to it <laughs> mm. because that 50% knows that it creates bad habits and poor behavior.
1: Mm. How about that?
0: However, the other 50% tends to not care and does it anyway.
1: Mm. Okay. Not to name any names. Not right?
0: going to name any names. <laughs> will say her name.
1: One hundred percent of dogs are looking for food at your table. All However,
0: one hundred percent of the dogs only request food from fifty percent of the adults, oh. because the other fifty percent adults are not giving in mm. to this behavior. Okay, doesn't want to reinforce this behavior.
1: <laughs> there you go. It's like mm. my dog with the baloney. Oh right, I told you about this. <laughs> yes, you did. My, my dog that we had her on special diet food, and she was getting baloney from <laughs> our neighbor. <laughs> In his beer fridge, beer fridge oh space. my goodness anyway well oh. thank you all we've had a blast i'm glad to be back doing this again and then uh, we'll take a week off and we'll be back
0: nice long one for yeah. you this week there you Make go gotta time. hold you over yeah
1: anyway thanks for watching and right on